What is going on, guys? We are live here on the UJSports.com YouTube channel, the post-game overreaction show, or as we like to call it, the POS. I'm Paul Meharry alongside UGASports.com publisher Ryan Nabolsi. 34 to 11. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if you expected that, Roddy. No, uh, no. I had 31-24. I think everybody was close to that seven-point spread. Damn. Just damn. Uh it should have been 34-3. Yeah. If you really want to talk about that, but we'll dive deep into that later on in the show. But change the officiating and it's like 56 to nothing. I mean, it's- yeah, that's also another thing we will uh jump into. While we jump in real quick, Roddy, look who's here with us uh on the broadcast. None other. I've got the comment on the screen here. Rogue. Rogue yeah, is here with us. Well, it is. This show is sponsored by Rogue Apothecary, and we have to shout them out because uh, they have a fantastic deal on the website right now. You get they got twenty percent off on their at least their hundred milligrams, and you get an additional ten percent off with their Bulldogs ten promo code. So thirty percent off. I saw all these. There's a huge thread on UJSports.com right now. All these people say, "I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy them." So if you have sleep issues, you know, because I know so, <laughs> who's going to be able to sleep tonight, maybe. Uh, if you need something like that, check out our friends at Rogue Apothecary. I'm going to uh, pull up their website, and I'll be scroll- scrolling throughout, throughout the show like we normally do. But uh, shout out to Rogue Apothecary for being a uh, sponsor of the post-game overreaction show. This is, again, you got to go there. So I'll call hey, it up. Roddy, and- yeah. go ahead and send Rogue my address uh, so they can send a little care package my way. You, you got my address. But- See, I, I got a care package coming for <laughs> coming for daddy. Daddy's got a care package coming. Hey, Rogue, Rogue, hit me up. Rogue, let's uh, let's let's connect. Uh, anyways, guys, right there, Roddy, we're going to the ship. Georgia is headed to the national championship. Man, um, like I said, had a few friends over. Um, I had my sister over, had one of my best friends over. We all watched the game, ate some good food, had my mom here, uh, you know, spending some quality time for the holidays. And none of us expected 34 to 11. Georgia came out the gate strong, Roddy. I'm talking yeah. 14 to nothing in the first quarter, uh, 13 to three in the second quarter. Then third quarter was kind of a wash. And uh, fourth quarter, Georgia ended up scoring a touchdown. Michigan did as well. Went for two, which I don't know. We'll dive into that later on to the going for two part there. I don't quite understand it, but you know, it doesn't because I'm trying to do the math in my head as we're going along, right? Like 34 to 10, you're at 24, 34 to 11, you're at 23. That doesn't change anything. But um, anyways, you know, uh, Brett Weimer's in the chat with us. He said, uh, just saw we are negative, uh, excuse me, minus two and a half favorites over Bama. That is, uh, that is what the sports books are posting right now. Curious to see if that changes though, Roddy, uh, if some early money comes in, but yeah, it, it, it was, it was like that. It was like that before both of these games were played today. George was minus three and minus two and a half. So Vegas knows something, you know, that maybe the average person doesn't, I don't know. Well, Vegas I mean, said the, the, 46 was – I'm sorry to cut you off again. Vegas said 46 was the over-under, and you got 45. So they, they know how to uh, call games, obviously, out there in the desert. Well, I mean, you go back to if, – if these two teams match up again, can Bryce Young have played out of his ever-loving mind again? Maybe. Yeah. Can Georgia's defense play the worst game of its life? Doubtful. Uh, do you have a – uh, other guys that are messed up, you know, uh, guys that are sick or guys, uh, you know, you had uh, who else was Chris Smith was injured. You had some other guys like that that were banged yeah. up. Uh, getting him back uh, is is big. So 
I think they're like, hey, neutral location, rematch. We don't think it's going to go the same way. So I, my thought would uh, Alabama be favored by like four or so. So let's bring Trent Smallwood in here. He's uh, Trent, what's going on, man? What's up? You're down in Orlando covering the uh, Under Armour game, yeah? Yes, sir. So you have TVs down there? In the, I know uh, Roddy and his hotel situations with you sometimes uh, are not the best. Did you have a TV hey. in the room? Could you watch the game? Oh, I, I definitely had a TV th this time, you know. Yeah. And I didn't have no other guy's pants in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> blame that on head. yeah. Let's blame that on Roddy, Trent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what uh, initial thoughts on the game, Trent? We're just kind of oh, never mind, Trent. Go ahead and leave us. It's okay. Roddy and I'll stay around. What are your initial thoughts on the game, Roddy? Uh, I, I told everybody going into this, I had no idea what was going to happen because I did not. I did not know how it was really how good Michigan was. Remember when they came into the season, they were not ranked. And that's not to say anything, but this was a team that was on the ropes last year. The coach was on the hot seat beyond hot seats. He had to take a pay cut, you know, and rework one year deal. contract. Yeah. Yeah. It was all kind of messed up. So they kind of came out of nowhere. They lost a, a Michigan state team and you know, Michigan state is, was they, Michigan state beat a lot of teams, but they, when they played a really good team, they got drubbed pretty hard by Ohio State. But then Michigan turns around and beats Ohio State, and then they win the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line. And but there's no, you don't look at that offensive line and go, "Wow, those look at those." That's a dominating. You know, that's a first round left tackle. That's a first round right tackle. But they're, they kind of remind me of a bunch of seniors that play in the NCAA tournament. They they go really far into it because they all know each other really well. So I didn't know how. Michigan's best will stack up against Georgia's best. You know, Georgia's best group is its front seven. And so you have good on good. And uh, I thought, well, maybe it's going to kind of, that'll just be a, a, a stalemate and the game will shift up to shift up to the perimeter. When it shifts up to the perimeter, that makes you nervous for Georgia because that's what Alabama did. They took it outside and, you know, they torched you. But the game did kind of go out to the perimeter on the other side where Georgia's offense just lit them up. And then uh, there's nothing – and then when the and the game got outside for Michigan too, when they went outside, Georgia tackled in space fantastically well. You know, they read plays, they broke up plays, they knocked down passes. Uh, so yeah, they couldn't go up the middle and they couldn't get to the edges. I mean, they, Georgia basically gave up a garbage touchdown. They held this powerhouse, you know, one of the top running teams in the nation, one of the top offensive, the top offensive line. To I think the fourth quarter, they had like 55 yards. It was just uh, an absolutely dominating performance. So again, you know, Coach Donnan told us during the show uh, on Tuesday, he goes, "I feel good about this. I yeah, think we're going to blast them." And I'm like, "I just don't know." So I, I didn't know what to expect. Is my uh, answer there? I didn't expect this. I didn't, Trent, I didn't expect this ass kicking. Trent, what were you expecting out of this, and uh, what are your initial thoughts on this 34 I to 11 victory for the dogs? I mean, speaking of overreaction, I think there was a little bit of overreaction in the uh, in, in, after after Georgia's Al and Alabama's game. Um, I think a lot of people said that Georgia wasn't very good. Yeah. Am, am I echoing? No, you got you got a little echo on mine. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think Georgia. I think a lot of people said Georgia wasn't any good or Georgia was overrated. I think that was a little. Um, I guess. Unaccurate. I think they're still really good football. Premature. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're still a really good football team, but you can't judge one game off of a you know 13-game slate, and I think that's what a lot of people did. A lot of people predicted Michigan for that reason. Uh, they predicted Michigan because they did. They felt like this Georgia defense was overrated, and I think they came out to make a statement today, and I think they, I think they did that. Yeah, I think that's a great call. That was a statement win. Uh, redemption. I mean, you see how many people were saying Michigan's going to take it. Georgia's been exposed. Uh, Georgia feasted on weak opponents. Uh, they all you got to do is just throw in this team. They're they're a one trick pony. Stetson Bennett can't win it. They don't have the top wide receivers. They don't have. They have great tight ends, an average O line. Uh, I mean, you just heard. Uh, and again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that was the narrative change. Where you remember earlier in the season. You know, toward, towards the end when Georgia was the clear-cut number one and everybody was fighting for two, three, four, and five, and it was Georgia was way up here and everybody else was down, and then Georgia, Alabama kind of claimed up there, came up, and it was like one and two. By the end of the season, it was just those two. But three through 13, I mean, even Ohio State lost, and everyone just felt that there was a huge divide. But once they lost, everyone felt that, oh, Georgia's flash in the pan. They were overrated all year. Georgia's just kicked the teeth in of the Big Ten champion on national television, on the big stage, in front of everybody. And, I mean, it wasn't even close. It was a dominating performance. Like you said, those first two drives. For the first three drives, you score 17 points to uh, three. You know, when you go three for three drives and uh, three turnovers, that's what the defense is supposed to do. I thought something was pretty interesting when I saw uh, – they said, you know, regarding Stetson, they said, you know – Stetson's everybody says we can't uh, you can't win a national championship with Stetson Bennett you can't win a national championship with Stetson Bennett and then they said why can't you win a national championship with the SEC's third best quarterback and I went down the list of SEC quarterbacks and I was like he legit probably is the third best quarterback behind Matt Corral and Bryce Young well I was asked uh, Paul here's a question for you yep. what on what teams would Stetson Bennett be the starter what other SEC teams? And there, people were saying, no, he, you know, he won't be here. And I'm like, well, then, okay, Ole Miss, he wouldn't be. Bright, you know, Bryce Young at Alabama. But then I'm like, maybe Tennessee? Yeah, I like Hooker. I like Hooker a lot. Um, I, I don't think he would start at Tennessee. But, you know. South after, Carolina, Florida. Yep, yep. Missouri. <laughs> Auburn. Missouri, Auburn. Auburn. Would he be uh, out there? A&M. A&M, yeah, he would start there. LSU, he would start there. He, he would start at Missouri because Missouri didn't know who their quarterback was. By anyway, uh, but that's a good point. Yeah. And I think it was a big deal to have Todd Munkin come out this week and say, look, we can win a championship, absolutely, and we can win it with Stetson Bennett. So, And I, th- and I think it was important that Stetson backed it up with his play in this game, and he did. Yeah. I got some hey, guys uh, waiting – yeah, go ahead, Roddy. Bring them I'm in. bringing this up on the screen here. This was the uh, Delta 8 gummies. They're 100 milligrams. Um, I was mentioning those. Th- they are on sale. So uh, be sure to jump on those when you get a chance. And uh, they are 10% off if you use code BULLDOGS10. So basically 30% off. So hit up the uh, our friends with the Delta gummies here. They will help you sleep. They will. Uh, they are legal in Georgia. So hit them up when you get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's bring in John, Roddy. Once you get that off the screen, we'll bring in John here. Uh, I was going to say, I thought you saw, I heard you opening something, Trent. Yeah, you definitely were. What, what is that, Reese's? I'm glad you're on mute. Is that a Reese's? It is. I'm hungry, man. Yeah, I know you are. 
John, what's going on, man? Big Orange Bowl victory for your Georgia Bulldogs, 34 to 11. Uh, initial thoughts. What's, what's up, on? fellas? No, what's great up, man? win. And I, I just want to say one thing, and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but back in 2008, when the Boston Celtics won the NBA championship, Kevin Garnett said, if you're tired of hearing about a bully, you got to knock the bully's ass out. And for the next 10 days, they've already started. We whooped tail all night. And for the whole second half, they're talking about Georgia didn't do this against Bama. I love the dogs. I know y'all do a great job covering them, but that's all we're going to hear about. And we got to knock their ass out and quit hearing yeah. about it. And I feel no, like yeah, I, I tell you, the best thing I saw tonight, there's a lot of great plays, but they followed Kobe Dean off the field. And he kept saying, everybody listen, he kept holding up one more, one more, one more. That was the best thing I saw all night. I think one of the best things I saw all night, John, was when Zamir and James both went to go get the Gatorade, and they were following them to go put that Gatorade on Kirby, and Kirby was not having it. He was like, look, we got one more game to go. Uh, I don't know what that sound is. Trent, are you eating ramen noodles over there? But anyways, uh, it might be John. But uh, <laughs> I'm on mute, dude. No, it's somebody typing. Do we have somebody else in there? No, I don't. I don't know what's going on. Hey, John, we're going to let you I go, though, man. Happy New Year. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, we've got somebody else coming on. It says Trent's friend. doesn't have a name. But that was one of the coolest things I saw was Kirby said, look, we're not done yet. No Gatorade showers. Yeah, Fred, Fred took the words right out of my mouth. No Gatorade showers yet. Uh, a lot of teams obviously would do the Gatorade shower, but Kirby didn't do it. Nick Saban didn't do it. They didn't do it in that game. You know, it, this was a stepping stone game. This was a redemption game. And, you know, you just got to go go forward and move forward with the, you know, 34 to 11 victory, 518 yards for Georgia, 328 through the air. I thought Stetson looked really, really good, Trent. Yeah. I mean, he was being hit a lot, too. I mean, while he was in the process yeah. of delivering those balls. And, and no, he uh, – at what was his stats again? Uh, he was 21 to 31, 310 and three touchdowns. Well, I know he had a Darnell. I know Darnell dropped one. I know uh, Fitzpatrick dropped one. Um, and both of those are right in the hands. So, I mean, he had a really good – There's another one, too. Let's but. see. Uh, they only have one credited drop to Fitzpatrick in the official stat book. But, yeah, there was a couple more. Well, and, not, uh, that one to Darnell, that, was, uh, that wasn't a drop. No, well, I guess not because it was like 12 feet. Around. Yeah, it was like 12 that, feet in the air. That's a bad, um, that was a bad throw. Well, I guess I'm just used to Darnell catching those balls. Yeah, those balls. it is. It, it is, is one bad, of those that things. That was a bad throw. He, I mean, he had a few few bad ones, but there were two other. There were at least two drops. But point being, I want to go touch on this. How many times have you guys heard? And I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on Stetson because there's a lot more to talk about. But uh, how many times have you heard if Stetson has to throw it 30 times, Georgia will lose. He can't throw for 300 yards. I mean, I've heard a lot. I mean, I might have. I might have even said it once or twice. Yeah, he is the bowl, uh, uh, orange bowl. Offensive MVP. And this is what I was impressed with. Just when can you look back and say Georgia's offensive game plan was brilliant? And tonight's offensive game plan, Todd Munkin called a hell of a game. He did. And thanks to the pitches, those tosses, just keep tossing. We saw it against the uh, the Alabama when you had the three tight ends in that wing and you pitch it to Zamir White or James Cook and they can run into that. But those guys blocking that side went – we we're told that uh, there's a uh, Heisman Trophy finalist out there that's going to make Georgia's life a living hell. They went right at Hutchins. Yep. 
and and then they have the out of that same formation they have the fake toss wheel out of it and it's yeah. just it's got to be hell to guard screens uh tunnels tunnel screens uh the zone plays yeah and you see you see what happened when they flipped all three tight ends to the other side early in the game and <laughs> yeah. michigan michigan was trying to figure out where the heck to go i mean they, yeah. didn't, they had no clue we're gonna bring on uh this guest here trent's friend what's going on man yeah what's up what's going on how was your uh watch party for 34 11 orange bowl um well pretty chaotic because you know i'm uh you know we're at the different ends of the spectrum you know okay all right what, what do you mean by that well honestly i'm just gonna say jesus I'm going to take him off before he even says anything there. I don't know what he was getting at. He's uh, smiling, but there was something There was something that was coming out of there. I don't know what it was. That, that was a good um, job. Uh, you like that? that? You like that? that? Was... I don't I don't know what it, I don't know what was you coming. Had, you had you, your finger you, on the trigger. He's, a miss, he's missing his running game, man. <laughs> I don't know what was coming, guys, but I had the finger on the dump button right there uh, with the quickness, man. So uh, sorry about that, bud. If you were going to make a real point, I, I don't know. I don't know he, what you were going for there. There was zero percent chance he was making a real point. If you're going to make a good point, you can put it <laughs> the comments and we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I don't know what was uh, and that guy's not my there, friend. Man. I have no clue yeah. who that is. <laughs> I have no idea. You don't have coming. Dude, I'm, I'm glad hey, I had the dump. Woody gave me a shirt. Hey, look at that. Rivals. Hot dog. Did he wear Hot it though? Have you watched it? <laughs> I'm not Look at you. I, I got it. It was in the back of his trunk, so I don't know what he's been doing with him. Uh, <laughs> Checking the oil. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about James Cook in the passing game, though, Roddy? You've been calling for it for damn near three years now. You had three receptions, 99 yards. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. On the three 33rd game, he finally got it right. The, yeah, yeah. You, you, <laughs> a blind squirrel finds a nut, uh, or what is it? Uh, wrong clock is right twice a day or something like that. Ever. Uh, hey, Brett says, uh, bless, best block of the night, Paul. Appreciate that. It was, man. Um, it was. Uh, anyways, man, three of 99, one touchdown for Cook on three targets. The Probably Stetson's best pass of the night was the one he threw to Cook the, on the, what was it, 50? Yeah, it was like 53, 53 yards. Yarder. Yeah, 53 yards. That thing was a beaut. And, and um, he, he had a couple long passes. And again, I'm not... He I'm did. Not gonna break off of that, but loved getting him out there because you saw the situation. Coach Donnan called that pass play. He's like, "Oh, you got uh, Cook at the top of the linebacker. Going to throw it to him deep." And sure enough, it's a 53-yard bomb to him. And then you know he uh, then he had to score later on in the game. But that's what he also did to Alabama last year. Remember, he's, he lines up in the backfield. Then right before the ball snapped, he goes up and gets on the line. Takes off on a go route. It's an 80-yard touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, that's why I love having him out there because when James Cook is on the field, you're not sure if he's a wide receiver or if he is a tailback. So the defense has to account for him two different ways. And uh, I, I loved the two tailbacks in the backfield at the same time. You know, you, you fake the handoff to one, throw to the other. It's dangerous because if you have two tailbacks, it means you have one less blocker on the field, you know. But – that was a neat wrinkle that Georgia used a lot today, but I thought James Cook, you know, had a great uh, game. He was he was in his hometown, you know. His dad died this time last year. Uh, 
He was showing out for his family. They showed his mom up in the stands, and it just absolute vindication for him. And again, vindication for this whole team, vindication for the offense, vindication for the defense. There was a damn statement game. Yeah, right here, guys. Uh, 518 yards for Georgia, 325 for Michigan. I'm curious, and I'll look into it, how many of those yards were in the fourth quarter? I feel like a good bit of those were. Rush yards, man. 88 rush yards for Michigan, we were told, going into this game. Greatest uh, rushing team in the history of the world. You know, and I I, I kind of bought into it a little bit. Haskins had 20 touchdowns on the season. Uh, Corum had 11. I mean, and they finished with, oh, boy, nine for 39 for Haskins. Where's Corum? Three for 10? I, I thought they used Donovan more than they used They Donovan. did. Well, Donovan was their uh, second team. <laughs> Receiver, yeah, they threw to him a lot. Did you see the fourth down play at the end where they threw to Donovan? He knocked him out of bounds like the four yard line, and they pretty much talking crap to him. I think there might have been a little that's why you went to Michigan instead of Georgia to get your ass right kind of thing, right? Right, yeah. But did you see we're in that same class with him? So they did you see Nolan Smith go over there and quickly take those guys away and say, Come on, come on, let's go? Because remember, if you remember the halftime speech that was leaked. Kirby said, hey, point to the scoreboard. We're not going to do all that talking stuff. And Nolan kind of took that to heart there. I want to get the uh, – let's get this off the screen. Let's bring in Ch- our man Chip. Chip Crook with us. I Chip, what's going on, man? All right, take that phone call. We'll, we'll talk to you in a second. Chip, what is going on, my man? You know, another game. And I, I kept hearing during the week that Michigan had two running backs, the likes of which Georgia hasn't played against this year. And I'm like – did they even play in the game? I mean, yeah. an- another game has come and gone where two awesome running backs were facing, and, you know, we shut them down. Look, I think, Chip, I think the biggest thing is, and I kind of, like I was talking about earlier, I kind of bought into it, man. 31 total rushing touchdowns from both of those guys. I thought that they would maybe cause a threat to Georgia, but it's clear. It's clear as day. If you are a rushing attack team going up against this Georgia defense, you're not going anywhere. It's the passing attack teams, and this is the overreaction show, and, and Georgia's going to have to face another passing attack team in Bryce Young, which Cincinnati has really good secondary. So I don't I don't know if you can judge, and Trent, you can kind of bring this into perspective too for me. I don't know how much you can judge that game against Cincinnati because I think Cincinnati's defensive backs are a little bit better than Georgia's. So I don't know. And without yeah. Mitchie, it was, it was weird to watch it. The, I, I, it seemed off. Alabama's passing game was out of sync. And yeah. a lot of it was due to missing. I mean, people say, oh, losing Mechie is not that big of a deal. They got wide receivers galore. Yeah, they do. But they don't have guys that know. I mean, that was Bryce's number one guy. He knew what he, – they knew what each other were doing on every single play. You know, you're running these option routes. Bryce threw a lot of passes today where he thought the receiver was going the other way or that he thought the tight end was going the other way. Mechie doesn't do that. So he knows where Mechie's going on each and every play. So there is some commu- uh, miscommunication there. And I think – and I told somebody – and I kind of bought into it too because I only predicted Georgia to win by seven. But I told somebody earlier th- this week in Orlando, I said, it's not going to surprise me to see Georgia blow out Michigan – or this game between Georgia and Michigan be a lot more lopsided than the Alabama-Cincinnati game. Because I think Cincinnati matches up with Alabama better than Michigan matches up yeah, with I said that. I said that too. I said that too. I think that, you know, moving forward – you can take a lot from this game, but I don't know if you can take a whole heck of a lot from the Alabama game just because 
Alabama weird. knew they were bigger and stronger, and they yes. said, okay, we can run the ball against you, and that's what they did. I mean, and you didn't see a lot of the downfield passing attack. And I think they're going to attack Georgia again downfield, and I think Georgia's going to be ready for that. Well, Chip, I, what, I else, agree because what else you got for us? Yeah, Their wide receivers exactly attack our weakest point, which is the safety play yep. and, the, and, the, and the, of course, the corners, but most of the safety play, you know, in the SEC championship game. You know, and that's what just I was so emotionally devastated after that. I just was like for two weeks, I was totally out of it from a from a Georgia perspective. But what I hated about that game was Ab- Ab- Alabama's absolute best players were attacking our weakest part of our defense. And it's just it's going to be another challenge matchup, you know, a challenging matchup for us. But the great news is, you know, I hate to say this, but hey, Messi isn't playing. That's great for us. And we got uh, Chris Smith back, who was very limited in his action, uh, you know, in the SEC championship game. So we take a step up, and Bama takes a step back. But I still feel, you know, they still got that at least that one awesome receiver that's going to challenge our safeties. Tell you, you know, the, the D line, the D line is the key to that game. They got pushed on every single drop back tonight. I mean, I would, I w- it wouldn't surprise me if it, it comes out and it's like eighty percent of the dropbacks that Georgia got pressured tonight. The D line has to play like they did tonight against Alabama. If the D line plays like they did against Alabama and, and be in Bryce's face all night, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, and what I, yeah, Alabama figured out how to bunch us up. You know, they all meshed together, and we didn't get a, a, a rush off the edge. It was like they watched everybody into the center of the uh, of our line in the SEC championship game. Everybody was just – it's like they didn't have any gaps on their offensive linemen. They all mushed together, and our defensive linemen were trying to push through it instead of trying to go around it. Yeah, you're exactly right, Chip. It's about to be midnight here, Chip. We're going to do a little special celebration here, man. So we appreciate you watching, and uh, hope you have a happy new year. And your dogs are in the championship, my friend. One more time. We got to be Bama. There you go. Hey, I'm going to bring in this ugly guy here. He just popped in for this special. It's midnight, Roddy. There we go. Hey, guys, we appreciate you spending your midnights with us. Yeah, I'm telling you, it sounds like uh, Iraq outside right now. It's going crazy over here in my neighborhood. Uh, But, guys, happy new year to every one of you guys watching. None of this would be possible without any of you guys. We appreciate you so, so much. Uh, this YouTube channel has grown. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to do a ton of stuff on this YouTube channel as long as Roddy keeps paying me. Um, and we'll have fun. And you're still an intern. <laughs> yeah. But, man, I, I – Roddy. Yes. I, hey, uh, this, <laughs> when we started earlier, we were uh, under 23,000 subscribers earlier today. Uh, we have crossed that threshold. Here we go. Um, Brett Weimer, Happy New Year to you. Barry Anderson, you guys have been here from the start. We appreciate you. Fred F., all all you guys, man. Cat Dome. Yeah, the Sacred Grove. Uh, Omari Carmichael, I'm sure he's out there. All of you guys that have made this show special and been able to uh, help us out growing this channel, we appreciate it. The post-game overreaction show was I got to go kiss my wife. I was told if I didn't, I'd get my ass kicked. Yeah, well, my wife is waiting on me. Who Ben, what are you going to do? She don't want to kiss you. Yeah, I, I, gonna, I just I'm came gonna... in, dude. I, I <laughs> said, come on. I had to go to a different house. And I was, I was out having fun. Hey. Really, really Paul? I mean, you got to do your job, man. Uh, happy New Year's from Josh Wyatt. Happy New Year from Fred F. Guys, we guys, it is going crazy. I wish – 
I could open the window. It's I don't know about you, Ben, but right now uh, some people bought some fireworks over here in my neighborhood. That is for sure. Luckily, I'm not with my dogs tonight. They're scared of shit of fireworks. Yeah. So uh, that, 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 that's one plus. Let me uh, I got to text the wife, man. I got to tell the wife to come to come give me a, a New Year's kiss. Well, obviously, tell us I mean, about your thoughts on the game. I'll bring Trent well, in. First and foremost, I will say, maybe because I've been addicted to watching Yellowstone recently. I know that's random. But, is that um, why you're wearing? Is that why, is, why wearing, is, hold on, hold on. Is that why you're wearing the jean jacket right now? No, 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 no. <laughs> you uh, got on jean shorts too, don't you? No, you I do. do not. You do. I had normal jeans. I had not jean shorts. Jorts wear up there in, in, the <laughs> in Baltimore. <laughs> um, I will say so. Yeah, I've been watching. So I wasn't caring much about this game up until obviously my brother is a huge Michigan fan. And I remember telling him going to the game. One thing that I know everyone was talking about was Aiden Hutchinson. I said my bold prediction was Georgia was going to dominate Aiden Hutchinson. And they did. I saw a clip a few minutes uh, minutes ago when Jamar Sawyer was one on one with him. He dominated him. That's why they kept trying to line Hutchinson on the other side of the field with uh, McClendon because he had nothing going for him. So that was one of the X factors that everyone said was going to be the key for Michigan. I said they were going to get dominated there. I didn't think a job at Hartson would do anything. They didn't get any pressure. They didn't get any sacks, and that was the key. Michigan doesn't get pressure. They're, they're, they're not a very good defense outside of that those two edge rushers, in my opinion, because their linebackers have been liabilities. And I said Georgia was going to exploit them. And I said as long as Stetson took care of the football, you know, Georgia was going to win this game based only off of Stetson can make all the throws. Anyone saying otherwise, it's wrong. It's the only knock on Stetson has been his decision-making at times and his gunslinger mentality. Stetson takes care of the football. They win, and that's what happened tonight. I think versus Alabama, if he doesn't turn it over, I think Georgia wins. I think you're right. Uh, thank you for giving us the litany of all the stuff you corrected, correctly predicted. But, no, you, you were dead on. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I did the same thing in my 3-2-1 report. I mentioned that uh, – Warren McClendon and uh, Jamari Sawyer have had two years at the tackle spots facing the SEC's best pass rushers. I expected them to do at least at least get a tie. I did not expect those guys to you know be beaten. You know, maybe give up one or two, but they they weren't going to come in and wreck it like Nolan Smith wrecks other teams or Adam Anderson would wreck other teams. That that wasn't going to happen. And basically, Hutch had one play. It was a trick play. And how many sacks did they did those two guys get? I'm just saying. So mm-hmm. I got a uh, coach John called a little while ago, and he's like, uh, he was talking about the offensive line. He just wanted to give them a shout out. Georgia's offensive line facing this defense. Got remember the first play, nine and a half mm-hmm. yards. You know, handed off to Zamir. Just that set the tone. You came out, you punched him in the mouth, and said, "Oh yeah, you got great ends." But you're soft in the middle, and you work the middle, and they kept just gashing them up the middle. At one point, I'm like, hey, you don't – I thought Georgia would need to rush for like 250 yards in this game because I thought you would just need to mash them and you know, don't put that, the game in the hands of Stetson and make him throw it. Screw that. He, he threw all over those guys. And then when he wanted to run it, Georgia ran it at will. Uh, and, and I think the game plan really worked well for, for Stetson to, 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 to throw the ball like that because it – they didn't ask him to do too much. I think they asked him to do too much in the Alabama game. And when you ask him to do too much, he tends to get that gunslinger mentality and he's going to make mistakes when he does, but he, they didn't ask him to do too much, yeah. but he, yeah. but he, but he, I mean, he, he, I guess executed the play calls 
yeah. outstanding tonight. I, I do want to touch on what Ben said. He can make the throws, this arm strength thing. I've, I've spoken to people who coach quarterbacks. I've spoken to other quarterbacks. They say he doesn't have an arm strength issue, and he proved that tonight. He can sling it. Again, this was a guy who Kirby tells him, stop overthrowing guys in practice. What he has an issue with is accuracy. You know, sometimes those they're not where they – it's, it's – I don't even think it's a decision-making issue, although it could be, but it's really easy to sit back and pick a guy apart and say, hey, he threw to this guy when this guy was more wide open. But what you don't know is, was that the play call? Did the, the call come in from the sideline with you're throwing to Brock Bowers on this play? You know, and you throw to Brock Bowers and Jermaine Burton's wide open and Brock was double covered, but that's what it was. Now, if it's a double coverage, you're supposed to change it out of there. But the point being is, you never know what the play call is, so it's really easy to second guess what this stuff's going on. But he did take care of the ball, no turnovers. And again, in the rematch, I'm with you 100%, Ben. This is why Todd Munkin said earlier this week, we can win the national title. We can win the Lestetson Bennett with his play calling. Again, just be a little more accurate, protect the ball. You saw that one bad throw he had when he was on a scramble and he threw it in the middle of the field, and luckily it fell down and nobody caught it. That was an ugly, ugly pass. And he made two of those exact same throws against Alabama last year in yep. that in that game. And then later in the game, same rollout, same pressure, and he throws out of bounds. Like, God damn, Stetson, do you finally <laughs> did it take you this long to get that? Just throw it away. But he wants to make plays happen so bad. So anybody anybody question his his arm strength, need to go back and watch that throw he had, and I know it was incomplete. He threw a forty yard rope on the rollout to uh, Lad McConkey that was down there, uh, I guess it was about third quarter, and it was barely out of bounds. And But he only he threw it where his guy could only catch it. But that ball was – The one to Jackson, that was, uh, there was a hold on that one. Oh, yeah. yeah that was, a good and that was over the middle. I want to add Elliot Davis to the stream, guys. He's been waiting a while. Oh, yeah, Elliot, Elliot, what's going on, man? Sorry for keeping you waiting. Happy New oh, Year, my man. Good. Hey, it, this is the only reason why I made it to New Year's. I would have already been in bed if the show wasn't off. I guarantee you. Uh, no, it's perfect time to bring me in, actually, because y'all are talking about the arm strength. Don't forget about the Auburn throw to Lab McConkey that was 60 yards in the air straight to the yeah. bread basket. Hey, um, Elliot, uh, let, me, let me interrupt you. Remember the first throw to Lab McConkey, though, was short. Yep. Yep. But see, that's where I don't think it's a I don't think it's a strength thing, though. I think no. it's where he's anticipating where, where the play is going to be. Right. And so, he just misses it sometimes. Exactly. So what happened <clears throat> in practice leading up to that, we had a guy who did watch a long show with us. He was at practice earlier in the week, and he said, look, in leading into that Auburn game, Stetson was overthrowing receivers, you know, because you have Ladman McConkey, you know he can fly. You know right. Jermaine Burton can fly. Arian Smith, I think, was healthy at the time. He's just ripping them. And Kirby's on his headset going, take a little bit off. You're, you're, you're overthrowing these guys. So his first throw, he took a little bit off of it, and Ladd had to slow down, Yep. you yep. know, and he didn't catch it in stride. But then uh, on the next one, he's like, okay, well, that, that that's your game speed versus your practice speed. And he hummed it out there. And, yeah, so, again, it's uh, accuracy, not strength. Yep. Um, the next thing that I want to say is, like, I don't – I don't disagree with who they picked for the defensive MVP, but man, I feel like Nicobe Dean really got uh, shorted on that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you could have gone either way, yeah. That's who they Trayvon Walker had a day. I mean, like like Kendrick had two two interceptions. Uh, 
but he also got burned a couple times too. Whereas like Nakobe forced two different fumbles. One of them was recovered by Georgia. Uh, and I mean, good gracious, how many plays did we see where he started out to play on one side of the field and made the tackle on the other side of the field? Shadowing, I think, shadowing I running think backs. You could look at the forced fumbles. I think his best play of the night was like you said, shadowing Blake Corum on that little sweep motion. He was yeah. he saw it from the beginning. And tackled him, I think, I want to say, in the backfield, if, if not a minimal gain there. Yeah, I think uh, it was a two-yard loss. Yeah, it was a two-yard loss, yeah. It was a hell of a play and just kind of goes to show you, again, we don't talk about N'Kobe near enough. I feel like we talked about Roquan a whole hell of a lot when he won the Buckus Award, and N'Kobe doesn't get that same talk. Uh, but because Nolan Smith – Better, go He's ahead. got similar type players around him. Uh, I think I, I Roquan was, stood yeah. out more. Yes. Roquan didn't have a lot of first-round picks around him. Yeah, uh, you know, N'Kobe does. Yeah, you got at nine, at least nine draftable, high draftable guys playing around N'Kobe Dean right now. And that doesn't um, even count Jalen Carter, who's going to be a high draft pick. That right. Count, uh, right. I mean, some of those guys. Um, but then, like, the other thing, too, is just harping on Stetson a little bit. Like, I think you're lying if – if you say that you've never questioned whether or not we were making the right quarterback decision. Question every day. Yeah. Right, right. But anybody that still wants to hate on him after today, like go pick a different team at this point. Because the some of the throws, what impressed me more than more than his stat line and more than, you know, throwing for three hundred all that stuff. That was that was all icing on the cake. But the throws he made when he was getting absolutely laid out and didn't phase him, just got right back up and would get laid out again and still throw, you know, the 30 or 40 yard pass to cook. Uh, Which you got I mean, laid out on. Yes. I mean, like the guy did not look rattled at all at any point. And, and the third down scrambles as well. Yeah. And that, that says a lot. So for me, it's like any questions that I had gone, like you see a guy that steps in like that, that's, that's huge. And, I, and, and it makes sense why, he's been picked to be the leader of the team. No, no, you know, no discount to JT, but Stetson's obviously earned it. I mean, it's clear as day. Um, And I'm glad I was very, very glad um, when they were interviewing him to hear the fans, you know, chanting his name because he deserved that. Yes. This kid, if if he's on social media, I really feel bad for him. Uh, I hope that he stays away from it. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier today, Stet, uh, especially during the game. Stetson means more to this team than Jake Fromm meant to the 2018 team. Agree. Agree. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Jake Fromm was a freshman, and they leaned on Chubb, and they leaned on Sonny Michelle. Yep. Um, yeah, but to, go to, to Elliot's point, when you talk about uh, you know, no one could say, oh, I never questioned it. I question it every day. But also question. Well, I question the quarter, the uh, running back rotation. I question yeah. the right guard spot, yep. the center spot. You know, can you move uh, Warren Erickson back to center? You know, do you need to? Uh, what about the wide receivers? Where the hell is George Pickens? You know, yeah. Why are yeah. you still throwing to Ad Mitchell? Don't get me wrong, Ad had a nice catch, but there's he's dropped a couple. You know, why? Couple. Why did you have back to back passes to John Fitzpatrick instead of Darnell Washington? So uh, defensively, you know, it's like I was glad to see Julian Rochester out there, but I'm like, shouldn't Jalen Carter be out here? You know, yeah. Jalen Carter. Hey, Julian played good. You just don't keep you 
don't question. You don't question Nicobe Dean. You don't question uh, Kiwi Ringo, uh, Lewis Seen. But, yeah, there are a lot of guys you should question, and that's fair. But just don't rip on a guy. Yeah, I'm not saying you did, but I'm, I'm with you, Elliot. That's a uh, when you see bad throws, you're like, hey, get somebody in here that can do it. You see bad pass protection, you're like, get somebody in here that can do it. Yep. Well, my last my last point, then I'll let somebody get, let's get on here. But you know, after the Alabama game, uh, one of my biggest things that I talked about the defense, and I agree with Trent that the Alabama game once again, you tell me how the defensive line plays, and I'll tell you whether Georgia had a chance or not. If they don't get pressure, we don't have, we don't stand a chance. Bryce Young is too good; he'll pick the defense apart. Um, but one of the things that I mentioned was that our defense is known for big hits, and we didn't have any against Alabama. It seemed like every other tackle tonight was somebody getting absolutely taken off their feet, and that sets yeah. the tone because there's only so many body blows that a boxer can take before it starts to shut everything down, and that's what they did tonight. I mean there's no way I would want to have to go up against our defense the way they play tonight. Um, I mean, there were guys taking heads off every, you know, all over the field, even Channing Tindall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tindall, uh, little rambunctious, but yeah, I mean, right. still, I like that because you can coach, get your head up. You can't coach. Hey, go, go take a guy off his feet and clean him out. You can't, you know, too many guys pull up. Um, and on that note, I'll also, I'll also give a, uh, admiration for, um, uh, I think his last name was McCarthy, the backup quarterback. Oh, yeah. The same thing. That dude, I don't know how he didn't get knocked out at any point, let alone get taken out of the game as many shots as he took. Same thing with Stetson. I I mean, like some of the hits that he took and just kept right on coming like it was nothing. Uh, He's going to be good. Jim definitely got him a good one there. Elliot, are you a preacher? No, no, I'm not. You are pre- you're preaching tonight, my man. You are preaching tonight. You are you are on the pulpit, man. I, I mean, you're you're doing a great job. We want to take over the show. Uh, no, no, but no. In all, nope. you guys. In all seriousness, man, we appreciate you. Appreciate you staying around so long. Sorry we couldn't get you on sooner. Uh, no, thank you for man. coming on, man, and uh, being a welcome addition to the uh, POS. Thank you, guys. All right, man. We'll have you on anytime. Bring in Dane Young here. Old Dane Young sitting back porch living over there. Got the lights behind him looking good for those folks listening to the podcast. The drinking on some type of uh, brown liquor oh, over there. Did, 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 first of all, did anybody notice Nolan Smith go up and grab Munkin's cup out of oh, his yeah, hand after the game yes. and take a swig out of it? Yes. And then what was Munkin drinking? Okay. So Munkin went and he went and hugged somebody else. And I saw a little pop out of the cup and it was a little foamy. It's a little foamy. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was a little foamy, though. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know what all can be foamy, I, but it looked a little foamy. So, but yes, I did notice that. That was pretty good. Uh, I wanted to bring that up, but I didn't want to didn't want to shout him out too bad there. Dane, what's up, man? You got to watch the game with uh, Coach Don and an old Roddy Nabolsi. What was your thoughts on the game? Uh, if Georgia plays anywhere near to that level, it's going to win a national championship. I'm pretty confident in that. And to me, it's all about turnovers. When Georgia does not turn the ball over, uh, then Georgia's going to be in every game. And when Georgia gets turnovers on top of that, then Georgia's going to win any game. And so it's all about football protection and maximizing possessions. And Georgia didn't even do that in this game. Off the turnovers it got from Michigan, it didn't really score off of them. Uh, but it didn't give Michigan any easy opportunities either. So when the turnover margin, I think probably 90% chance you're going to win the national championship. 
You know what else wins, Dane? When you put a super chat in, you're guaranteed to be on the show. Michael Jones, $5, says, good old-fashioned butt whooping tonight. Guys, bring out your super chats here for the New Year's. Uh, we appreciate it, Michael. Appreciate it so much, man. Good old-fashioned butt whooping tonight. I know we got some people in here that you need to get to because, like, People hear from me all the time, so like I don't want to clog up the space. We had sixteen thousand views on our watch along show tonight. Oof. Dang! So like, impressive. shout out to everyone that indulged us for any time over the period. But some of that was like three and a half hours, and yeah. like we're just like that's freaking awesome. So thanks everybody. I saw that and right, and they were over twenty three thousand subscribers now. Yeah! yeah. Shout out, yeah. folks. So the dogs uh, I, are heading to Indy, and we're heading up the YouTube algorithms as we speak, folks, here at UGASports.com. But, but channel. you need to get Eddie from Ackworth up in here because he's way better than me anyway. I do. So keep drinking your bourbon, Dane. We appreciate you. Appreciate all the work you put in. Happy New Year, my friend. Same to you. All right, man. We'll see you. Eddie from Ackworth coming on with us. Eddie, what's going on, man? Happy New Year. Georgia Eddie, wins 34 11. Happy New Year, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Man, what a great win. You know, tonight to me was, was this game about 12 games or was this game about one game, right? So we saw 12 games where Georgia looked dominant, and we saw one game where they got their butts handed to them. Yep. And do the math. 12 was bigger than one last time I checked, right? The 12 games, this is what we saw tonight. Georgia was who they thought we thought they were all year long. They dominated this game. Those two edge rushers that we heard about going into this game. Nonstop. Uh, yeah, nonstop. I heard Aiden Hutchinson maybe twice on the broadcast. Yeah. I heard nothing from that other guy. We dominated this game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say I, and I don't want to botch his name. Ajoba? Uh, David Ajabo. Ajabo. I don't remember okay. them bringing him up. There's a, there's a reason, Ben, because he is not in the stat book. There is not a tackle registered for Ajoba. Uh, and then Aiden Hutchinson, where is he over here? Do, 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 do. Four tackles, three solos. He had one tackle for loss, and he was right. a Heisman uh, the, favorite. The one tackle for loss was on the screen out to Brock Bowers. Which was a damn good play. Damn yes. good play by him. Yes. Um, but but Stet, if you go back and watch it, Stetson looks over there for too long, and and he kind of showed he he showed the play, showed his card, so to speak, before the play. Uh, so that's how he got that jump on that. If he throws it to the uh, far side of the field, there's no chance that Aiden gets there. But to me, their best defense, him. Michigan's best defensive player was Dax Hill. Yeah, and he only uh, registered four tackles as well. Their linebacker, Jay Ross, number 12, had 11 tackles. But he had like 91 coming into the game, 30 more than George's leading tackler. But, uh, yeah, Eddie, you're exactly right, man. Neither one of those guys showed up. They didn't show up on the – they're not going to show up on the film, and they didn't show up on the stat sheet either. And that's because Jamari Salyer – there's a clip floating around Twitter mm -hmm. right now. He put Aiden on his ass, and Warren McClendon did a damn good job on uh, the right tackle spot. Overall, I was a little worried about Georgia's offensive line because all we had heard about was Michigan's sure. defensive line. And, and Aiden Hutchinson, you go and watch his tape, Eddie. I mean, the dude's a freak. Oh, yeah. you, saw, you saw the the Leonidas <laughs> scar that he had over his eye. I told my buddy, I was like, that's what I want to look like. 6'6", 260, <laughs> Leonidas scar going to play in the college football playoff. Like, it's everybody's dream. Jamari Sully well, didn't care. A previous guy said it uh, about Stetson Bennett. I mean, that guy stood in the pocket really really well tonight there were a couple of times i thought he was dead and he made some some great passes in the first half 
staying tough in the pocket. And the difference is between him and JT is his legs, guys. He made plays with his legs that JT Daniels would not have made. And I think that puts to bed everybody calling for JT Daniels at this point. Now, no, no. <laughs> it's it's still there eddie there's still there's still some folks i I, I posted in the third quarter i said stetson is the orange bowl mvp and somebody said no you're wrong it's cook and i'm like all right here we go yeah 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 you've been around long enough you know this some people would rather their team lose than for them to be wrong sure and it's the same thing when you go against the coach when you call for uh, Mark Rick to be fired, or you call for somebody to be fired, you go against the fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to do that. And you've, you've staked yourself way out on a limb, right? But then every time something that supports your arguments there, you you hammer it to show that you were right and you were ahead of the curve. So if you've been the you can't win a playoff game with Stetson Bennett guy, you're not going to give that up because you don't want to have to go back and say you're wrong. Now, here's the They do have a point. He has faced Alabama twice, and the team's lost. But there's also same score, same score by the way. Garbage, yeah. garbage defense in the, both those games. So here's an idea. Let's and again, I, I'm my point is it's not going to end the calls for JT because a lot of people are going to say, look, you've he's had two chances and it hasn't worked. To me though, I would like to see him or JT, either one. I don't care who does it. Let them go up against Alabama with your defense actually doing something. Don't give up 550 yards of offense and 40-plus points. Give either one of those quarterbacks a chance to win it because JT can't win that game if you give up 40-something points and 550 yards of offense. So I don't care who your quarterback is. Your defense has to show up, and you can't just say, well, sometimes you get in a shootout. Screw that. Auburn held them to 10 points. LSU held them to 20 points. <clears throat> Come on, Georgia! You just beat the brakes off of the Wolverines. Hold up, Bama at the under thirty. Right, right. The only thing I'll say about all this, guys: great win. I'm ecstatic. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to play Alabama again. But if you do what we did in the second half, which I thought was very conservative, I understand the game is probably over. Michigan had kind of you know, given up at that point, we had dominated them. If you do that in the second half against Alabama, we will lose the football game. You cannot play that way. And I will go back to the begin, the end of the second half. We're up, what, 27 to three at that point. And yep. we had the opportunity to put more points on the board. And I don't know what happened there, whether Kirby broke down or Stetson Bennett, whatever. Kirby looked mad as I've ever seen him. And I don't know if that was him, Munkin, whatever. Fair. You put points on the board, you bury that team, okay? You do that against Alabama. If you do that next next week against Alabama in the second half, you will lose the football game. You've got to bury teams when you have the chance. Yeah, I think I think Kirby was upset uh, at Munkin and Stetson on that. You could tell he was yelling into the mic, you know, saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. There was a miscommunication there with, I think, the play calling from Munkin, it would be my guess. And you could see he was – visibly yelling well, at, at Todd through the headset on that. Well, right. well and, Mon- and Munkin subbed right there, and I don't think he wanted him to sub because it allows Michigan to sub, which takes off more time off the clock. I thought yeah. he wanted to keep going. and but Which I, he but had a timeout in his pocket, so, I mean, he could have yep. just taken a timeout. So. 
Eddie, I totally agree, though. Three turnovers in a row by the defense and zero points off that. This is the overreaction show. There is some stuff to overreact about. That's one of them, along with the two-minute drive where you really could have put your your foot on their neck. And I think everybody thought this game was over at 27-3, to Eddie. Sure, but, sure. But Michigan had no life. But you yeah. could officially stomp the life out of them driving down the field right there at the end, and George just didn't do it. And what made – uh made sense though was Kirby was upset about it. Normally Kirby tries, you know, he's conservative, he's gonna go run. Kirby was upset about that, visibly mm-hmm. upset about that. So there was some kind of miscommunication there. I don't think you see that again, uh, especially against Alabama if they're able to get in the situation. Because Lord knows, as uh Georgia sports fans, we've seen it all 28 to 3 with the Falcons. I mean, you, you you've seen it all, you know. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, the reason right. why the 27 to 3 made me pause. <laughs> One last thing, guys. I appreciate you letting me on. Yeah, man. The Braves had to overcome the Dodgers to win the World Series, right? That was right. their nemesis. They had to do it, and they did it this year. The Dogs have to overcome Alabama to get us to the national championship. This is perfect. We have to get it done. If I have two in my lifetime, two, the Braves and the Dogs, I'll die a happy man. <laughs> well, hey, come January 10th, Eddie, you might be able to uh, go on on to heaven, man, and, and be singing <laughs> be the praises. Fine. Not that we want you to. <laughs> not, yeah, not that we want you. We want you to come back next season, too. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, man. I know what you mean. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Well, happy new year, man. We appreciate you joining us on the show and uh, look you. forward to talking to you January 10th uh, so your wish can be complete. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, not that we want you to, Eddie, but I, I think uh, Eddie, maybe you Eddie. can have your wish. Eddie's, Eddie's awesome, good- man. He's got a good point. I mentioned this when uh, Alabama clinched. You know, Georgia had already clinched the SEC East, and then Alabama clinched the West. I'm like, to be the man, you got to beat the man. You know, you've got to go yep. through Alabama. You knew that uh, at one point, all these different teams in the West had a shot at winning the West, and we all we all knew it was going to be Alabama. And then you played them in the SEC championship game, and Georgia was favored, and you're like, yeah, I, I picked I picked Georgia to win that game because on paper they were supposed to. They had, they lined up better. They should have yep. won it. Yeah. But then they overthought it. They under-executed it. And uh, Alabama was sick to death up here. And, hey, you know, you're underdogs for the first time in five years. Plus, they had to win it. Georgia had a mulligan. They played their best game of the year. Georgia played its worst game. And I I don't think that this Georgia team is scared of Alabama. I'm going to go out and say right now, I, I expect Georgia to win this next game. I do. I just don't think that they can hit even the fumble that Bryce Young lays on the ground. He's 5'11", maybe six foot, you know, 180 pounds. He's able to snatch that ball away from Nolan Smith. Three Georgia dogs in the air, the ball hit ground. He's got to jump the back. I don't, the ball can always bounce out. It can. I don't know. Alabama's supposed to be there if uh, Tank r- doesn't run out of bounds in the Auburn game. Alabama's not even there. So, yes, yeah. everything tends to go their way. But at some point, I'm, I'm with Eddie, and I think wasn't it Chris too or who else? The first guy that came on said, "Look, you got to go. You got you got to go through these guys. And you, if you'd faced Cincinnati, maybe you beat them. But I'm with you. You got to beat Alabama. You got to line up, man up, and do it." I thought, I thought, I don't know if y'all watched the Cincinnati Alabama game uh, today, but what Cincinnati did, I thought was had a good game plan on defense. They ran a lot of zone. 
didn't let uh, Jamison Williams over the top, made Jamison Williams become a possession receiver almost. And uh, and I thought it was a good game plan. They just couldn't put points on the board offensively. But I thought what they did defensively was something that Georgia really needs to do, run more zone, don't let Jamison Williams over the top, don't let Jamison Williams hurt you downfield, make, make them take the underneath stuff. And, and their tight ends uh, have struggled with drops this season. So somebody else is going to step up to beat them. I'm not going to let Jameson Williams beat me deep. Amen. How big of a play was it that Chris Smith had his targeting in the first half and not the second half? It was a minute and 28 seconds away from being a disaster for Georgia. Uh, He got it in the first half instead of the second half. And, guys, if you're not familiar with the targeting rule, Ben, tell us about why that's so big in in the first half as opposed to the second half. Well, because he can play the entire next game. If he got in the second half, he would have to miss the half. But I, right. I like some of these plays. If you still want to give a fifteen-yard penalty, that is like they should do flagrants with this. Like you cannot call that and eject the player. In the NFL, they're not ejecting a player. In high school, they're not ejecting. But like you can't have that be something that you get ejected. And it's like with um, Chaz Chambliss. He had a guy in the chest with his head. Like he's at more danger than the player he's hitting. And he's getting ejected. Like, they need to fix this rule. Um, I know Joel Klatt and some of those guys have been very big on that on, on Twitter and social media. And I'm in that fan club. We're targeting. I, I don't care what way it goes. Like, there's just – they have to do flagrant, flagrance with this. If it's a clear, terrible hit and cheap shot, like, you can toss a guy. But some of these, it's just you cannot eject people for plays like that. It's just I think they need, I think they need like a flagrant one and a flagrant two. I think a flagrant, mm-hmm. you know, and and I and I do think Chris Smith's block was probably would be uh, a flagrant two. I think he deserved what you know he deserved. It, but you know, looking at Chaz Chambliss's hit, yeah, well, I'm curious, what, Roddy. What was uh, Coach's reaction to Chaz's uh, ejection? He, what did Coach say happy. about that? Okay, I figured I figured as much. <laughs> Uh, here's the thing, you you just killed him, right? And you destroyed it. But coach was so upset about them scoring a touchdown in the second half because <laughs> the second half lie. He was just was like, I, he hates garbage touchdowns. He just yeah. absolutely hates them. And um, he's like, you're going to give him a, a cheap 15 yarder and then possession. Why? Why are we? Running? Coach, he coach coaches, you know. And it doesn't matter that you're up by 31 points. He wants to put another seven point points in there. He's at the end of the game. He's telling Kirby to throw it. Throw it, Kirby. Throw it. Oh, they call a timeout? You need to throw it on him. Wouldn't it be good if we scored here again? He is just – Well, I, I, I had a buddy who had the over on oh. uh, Brock, Brock Bowers' 63-and-a-half reception or receiving yards, and Brock got, what was it, 55 on the first drive, and then they didn't go to him at all. And the official stat book says he has 68, but uh, everywhere else says he only had 55. And we were watching that like a hawk throughout the game. And well, he, was, had a, he had another catch. No, he did not. He did not get sixty-eight yards. I know he didn't. He had uh, another because, catch. I don't know about. 68. Yeah, he had. Yeah, he had, he he had, had six catches. Catch. Right. Um, yeah. I'm going to bring Dave on. Dave McMahon with us. Dave, where are you watching us from? Oh, beautiful El Paso. Go on. Uh, come <laughs> on. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't think those words have um, really been said before. Beautiful in El Paso. But uh, probably you might be the first one to put it into a sentence. How are you guys? Happy New Year. Doing great, man. Doing great, Actually, Dave. What? Yeah, it's for me, it's, not, it's, not, it's not even New Year for me yet, so I just have to. You just gotta say back and relax. Huh? So I can kill Paul in the new she, year. Well, you know he'll be on a he'll be on a date here in a pretty uh, in a little while. Yeah, Dave only has a few minutes for uh, some fine El, El Paso 
Uh, no, unfortunately, oh. I got I got to do this little article thing as well afterwards. So I'm going to ah. do that, and I have an early flight tomorrow morning. How ben, I heard the weather is not that that good in Georgia right now. It's not, and it's not. But Ben has really wanted to talk to me. Hold no, on, no, no, I do want to say because you did bring up uh, the gambling. I think the over under in the game was 46. And it was. 40. It was. It was. Yeah, that we is brought. Just- Ooh, hey if Ben, if you, under, if you show Ben, if you showed up for your job on time, you would have had to, you could have gotten to that conversation with us. We, you we, really we, talked about that in the first five minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah but he was really, putting his jean, he was putting his jean jacket on, guys. His yeah. jean jacket, his jean shorts on. Leave him alone. We, we talked about that, and yeah, we talked about that in the first five minutes, Ben. If you would have joined and done your job, you could have said that. But I'm glad you brought it up again, so the people that are watching can hear it again. For a second time, and you interrupted Dave. Thank you. You, so much. you talked about like the not um, the under over wise and over under whatever. Uh, how many? And Roddy mentioned that coach was very disappointed in Georgia not scoring at the end. How many times? It seems like I mean I know it doesn't matter or anything like that, but in the last several years, that Georgia's last drive always gets stopped at like like within like the ten yard line or or less. And it's like man, Georgia could just score like. One more touchdown, it'll look, it'll look really cool on the stat sheet, or look good in like morale sake wise. Yeah, I Does thought he... they might have. I thought they might have tried to get it right there to get a thirty point victory, but they didn't. And we were we were looking at it, trying to see if Brock was going to get another catch from a buddy man, and, and he just didn't do it. By the way, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't. Know I think he's trying to take it easy on Harbaugh because he knows that you know. It, you know, the Harbaugh family is going to experience a fire in here pretty soon. And, uh... Speaking of Brock and everything that, I mean, obviously. Other Harbaugh, the one that big, played tonight. The big stat with Brock is like, hey, he has more more touchdown receptions than anyone in Georgia history in one single season. Now, with, with that 12th one he got earlier. In the season. But him having That's 53 crazy. receptions this season, only A.J. Green has had more receptions as a freshman in Georgia history. He had 56. Um, back in 2008, and Terrence Edwards and um, and Brock both had 53. So I mean, that's that's a and the chances of Brock getting more than three against Alabama is very good. He did pretty good against Alabama the first time around. So yeah, I think you uh, might get it. Uh, Barry Anderson's been very active in the chat tonight, guys. He says, Trent, you favor Big Ben? Uh, only about a hundred and ten pounds less. <laughs> he, he means the clock. <laughs> yeah. But no, what else you got for us, Dave? Stat wise, man. I know you got um, stat wise, um, obviously Stetson now is um, in speaking of single season um, scores and stuff like that. Stetson Bennett now has twenty seven touchdown passes this season. Only three times prior to that in history, a single player has had more. Aaron Murray had it twice, and Jake Fromm had it once with most um, touchdown passes in a single season. Jake Aaron Murray had thirty six. Aaron Murray had thirty five. Fromm had thirty. Stetson has 27, so that's another one of those things that, hey, he might be able to get two or three more in that next game-wise. Um, but maybe Georgia mm-hmm. goes more run-heavy-wise. Georgia had maybe five they to, Maybe they go to JT Daniels, Dave. Maybe. Uh, he, he's, <laughs> he's due. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Stetson also had 310 yards pass. That was the sixth most Georgia has ever had in a bowl game. Um, hmm. Wise, I mean, can you name the five, the five more that have – more? God, ben always no. likes these games. Ben does Matthew, like these games. Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford is not right. No. Oh, Stafford is going to dominate yeah. the Ravens on Sunday, sadly. That's going to be dominance. DJ, DJ Shockley? DJ Shockley is not right. Aaron no. Murray. Aaron Quincy Murray is number one, 413. Aaron Murray. Eric Zier. No, not Eric Zier. Okay, I give up. All right, number one, Aaron Murray. Number two, Heinz Ward. 
And that what? Peach Bowl what? Game. Yeah, Heinz Ward had 413 yards passing that Peach Bowl game. In a bowl game. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> yep. Um, JT Daniels wow. is number three on the list for most uh, – in the last – Last year he had 392 yards pass, uh, passing the ball game. Um, <laughs> oh, then David Green, no Hudson Mason, and then Stetson. Jeez, Hudson Mason. That's what a favorite. What a list! I what a list. <laughs> yeah, oh, you guys you killed it. You killed it with that, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, 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 I try. Dave, I have a good stat. When Paul has not shown up, Georgia's undefeated. When Paul has shown up, they've lost every time. <laughs> that is true. Fun fact. Yeah, that's that's why Roddy. I don't You're think not Roddy's going to Indianapolis. Yeah, bro. Roddy's not sending me to Indy. Yeah, more boost that's why. Yeah. Nope. Not a choice in hell. Speaking, this is this is a this is a. Put this you is a, the back of a charger. Oh, ne- never again. Never. This I, is I, a totally I'm, like I'm a grown, I'm a grown man now. You can't. You can't. Child, you can't child abuse me in the back of a Dodge Charger anymore. Hey, that's no. that's my rental car this week. Is a Dodge Charger, by the way. No, no. I mean, excuse me. A Dodge Challenger. It's not. It wasn't a Dodge. Oh, Dodge Charger's got four doors. Dodge Challenger has two. Riding oh, the back there. That, riding the back of that thing with <laughs> Roddy and Dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeding <laughs> back there, man. Roddy's <laughs> thinking Dodge Chargers with the uh, Dukes of Hazard. Dude, that, when I can, I will never forget, man. When he pulled up, I was staying with my mom because I had just moved out of my apartment in Athens. He pulls up, he's like, "Hey, I'm here to pick you up." And we we didn't live in the best area, and I saw a Dodge Challenger pull up in my driveway, and I did I I didn't know who it was, you know. And Roddy's like, "Get in!" And I'm like, "Where?" And he he he, he pops the the seat up and puts me in the back seat. I'm like, "Dude, I'm six three, and we're riding to Arkansas." <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a time, yeah. That was that was fun. That was a blast. He doesn't promise wow. comfort. Why you're the intern? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> when uh, when um, that's that's a good stat for you. The longest tenured intern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I was trying to think. Like like I was going to ask um, Patrick Garvin for help with like, has Georgia ever played in the state of Indiana? I'm like, well, because they never they never played Indiana. Like. The, the the two times Georgia's played Purdue were um, neutral site games, but then I was like, oh yeah, they played Notre Dame a couple years ago. James so, Cook. They played James Cook State has State. been to Indiana. What? James Cook's been to Indiana. Yeah, Indiana. James Cook's been to Indiana. Because uh, we were covering him at the Rivals Challenge in Indiana. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. Not, remember he shows up wearing the Georgia polo, but he's still committed to FSU. And everyone's like, oh, he's just doing that to troll you guys. And he gave me that really yeah. good interview where he's laughing and cutting up, talking about Georgia. And he's like, he said Georgia was a real possibility. And everyone's like, oh, he's just saying that. He's full of shit. And I'm like, guys, watch the video. We, we talked to him. Trent talked to him two different times. And he's telling Trent, yeah, I'm really thinking about Georgia, you know. And, and where did he come? It finally, it finally paid off for James Cook. These, these last three to four weeks – I think uh, Dave has made J- James Cook a draftable player. Cook has now 64 receptions in his career since 96. Swift would had 73. Sonny Michelle had 65. And I think maybe one other guy had 64. But Cook is right there for the most receptions by a Georgia running back in, in that in that 25-year p- period for Georgia. Wow. Yeah, I think, I think he's made himself some money. I think he's a draftable prospect. I think he's going to grade well at the Combine and – He's kind of he's not his, he's not his brother, and no nobody said he was when he was coming out of high school. They were two kind of completely different backs, but I think he's made himself some money 
uh, and, and he's going to be drafted now. I mean, I think he, game he, he, he fits the NFL style a lot better than Zamir White does these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alan and DeAndre Swift, Sonny Michelle, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Jim yeah. Nagy just tweeted out if a receiver drops out, they're going to play Cook Summit receiver. That's the way he tweeted. Really? Yeah, senior head to senior bowl. So, I mean, that's some, I think, because he's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, well, no, yeah, no. yeah at, the, at the Jim Nagy already tweeted out that they were going to give him some reps at wide receiver anyway at the senior bowl. So, yeah. uh, that he was going to get reps at both of them. So, it'll be interesting to see where James plays out. But I think that he definitely uh, has. He, he probably was a draft full prospect before these last few games, but I think he's finally has enough tape now to show that he can really be that yeah. workhorse. Y'all, y'all think Zamir White and Nick Chubb was jacked? Just wait till you see Branson Robinson. Yeah, you've been covering him down there in Holy Orlando. Cow. Yeah, he looks like guy. he looks like he's a. Uh, I don't even know. He Thor, running back. It's funny he, because no one talks about him. Georgia's no, having five star running backs come in. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we got another one. Why I think he committed. He committed so early. Or, uh, wide receivers, which again, you need them. I'm just saying it's, it's almost like an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Fred F makes a good point. SEC networks at it already showing second and 26 guys get ready for that. You've got nine days of seeing that. Uh, just prepare yourself. Maybe not watch the TV as much. They're going to show that second and 26 play a lot. Uh, so the only one, the only people that like um, Alabama more than the um, SEC network is the SEC referees. Did, did you see? Did you did you see that picture of the referee? And I know they were carrying the footballs for the game, but it was at halftime, and a buddy of mine showed the picture to me. The refs are carrying the footballs for the game, and it says Alabama football on the bag. And so the ref has a bag on his shoulder that says Alabama football as he's walking behind the Alabama football team into the locker room at halftime of the game today, and it's seventeen to three. And it was pretty damn ironic. I'm gonna have to find it and retweet it. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 holding on, and I'm like, dude, this it was probably the, the game footballs. But man, he's holding an Alabama football bag, walking into the locker room. And it's like, oh boy, that's that's uh, that's a little ironic there. Let's see here. Let's see, Quavo was at the game. Yeah, Quavo was there. I heard a couple people were down in uh, Miami. Quavo's at every game though. Yeah, I think yeah. Quavo's he's from just Athens, the- right? No, he's from, he went to Brookwood. He played at Brookwood, which is uh, a little bit up the way in Lilburn area. Uh, but you can guarantee Quavo's going to be an Indy. Oh, yeah. Quavo's definitely going to be an Indy. I wonder uh, how many yeah. former Georgia players will be there. Because I think, was the NFL season's ending right around there? Last Would that, season game? That'll be the last week, I believe. The yeah, that season. last Sunday. Yeah. A lot of folks going to be asking for tickets to that game. What's going to be the – what's the cheapest ticket to get in that game, you think, guys? How, how much is it going to cost to get in that game? Well, I know that it's going to cost you a lot because you ain't going. But um... <laughs> yeah, hey, we're gonna figure out. Are we talking stuff up? Because eBay, maybe some idiot puts it up for like. No, really we're not cheap. talking about who's buying tickets, Ben. Who's buying tickets on eBay? Ben, <laughs> you know, people ben. are trying to sell stuff off there. Ben's also on MySpace, so (laughs) what are you talking about, dog? Like an old soul trapped in a twenty-year-old's body. You got a denim jean jacket on right now with a shirt inside of it, talking about eBay. Like, what's going on, bro? Are you okay? It's twenty twenty-two, man. You said that that Yellowstone has ripped the jean jackets. I don't know. I think I've had this for like three weeks. I only watched that show for five days. So you're off. 
Does it oh, have like stu- the studs in the back? Does it say your name or anything? Like that? No, <laughs> no, no, be- no. Bedazzled. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Bach He's drinking his tab wearing his uh, members only jacket underneath yeah. it. Yeah, he took his he took his Stetson cowboy hat off to put his Ravens on. Uh, Cade Bain says four hundred dollars single t- single ticks is. Uh, hey, I know people that take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I yeah. think four hundred bucks is a little t- is a little small. Uh, I just wonder what the flights cost. I think that's more. Barry Anderson saying two thousand. Oh yeah, I wonder what flights are costing. Now, let me see here, Roddy. You, you need to you need this. Oh, it's gonna be uh, expensive because a lot of flights are getting delayed. I think. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I seriously think we're gonna drive this. Oh, <laughs> Paul then. Yeah. Oh. But without Paul, because we'd actually like to get there at some point. And when? You'd have to leave today if you were, if Paul was driving. What, yeah. What's the over-under shrimp cocktails at St. Elmo's this week for you? Zero. Zero? So here's the thing, guys. Uh, uh, for people who've never been to Indianapolis, one of the most famous restaurants up there is a place called St. Elmo's. Uh, it's a fantastic steak place. It's, uh, they're known for their shrimp cocktail. Uh, it's tough to get into that place, especially because I always go out there for the uh, uh, NFL Combine. We started, I mean, the, we started covering that before anybody in the market did, and we went out there every year. And now some other people in the media started started copying us. But hey, so be it. But a lot of agents and uh, entourages fill up St. Elmo's during the NFL Combine because you have a lot of future millionaires there, and it's just kind of a tradition. I had someone reach out to me three weeks ago saying, hey, what are some restaurants to eat at besides St. Elmo's? Because it is booked for the entire lead up to the uh, national title game. So uh, anybody that had not made their plans or not made their reservations at St. Elmo's, you're probably screwed. Now, you you can go to the front door and uh, buy their famous shrimp cocktail sauce and you can get it in the airport. uh, But I doubt you get into uh, St. Elmo's right now. The place is absolutely packed. The great thing is, though, uh, Indianapolis is a fantastic food town. I it mean, is. You might think it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It's a, it's a wonderful town, but it is one of my favorite places to go to because you are n- not going to have a bad meal in that town. That pizza Which, uh, place we ate at was pretty good. I looked up. Uh, looked up one. I looked up flights, guys. If you're leaving on Thursday out of Atlanta, coming back Tuesday, it's going to cost you 785 bucks. Uh, if you leave out Friday, you're looking at uh, 800 bucks. That's before taxes, so it's not bad. That's How long is the drive? Be a lot higher than that. What'd you say, Ben? How long would the drive be? Uh, from Atlanta, yeah. Let's let's fill our viewers in here. From Atlanta to while you're looking that up, I'm gonna mention our friends over here. Yeah, do ahead. Go ahead. I do want to let everybody know that uh, this uh, show is sponsored by our friends at Rogue Apothecary. And right now they have their uh, 100 milligram uh, Delta 8 gummies. These are fantastic, especially if you uh, have problems sleeping. So uh, you can get their 100 milligram Delta 8 gummies. They have them for 20% off. Okay. And if you use promo code BULLDOGS10, B-U-L-L-D-O-G-S-1-0, you'll get an additional 10% off. So hit up the Delta Gummies. Um, we've had some people who've already used them on our site uh, rave about them. They talk about them all the time. Uh, they've already bought some from Rogue Apothecary, so we appreciate uh, Rogue being a sponsor of this post-game show. But remember, it's Bulldogs10 is your promo code. Try out the Jolly the Jolly Ranchers, the Lollipops, uh, 
and you know any of their other edibles they have a lot of great stuff uh this is a uh, we found out about rogue apothecary because they are a sponsor of our texas site and the texas people rave about the cbd oils the uh tinctures um uh their gift boxes their salves if you are a person that has constant pain and stuff like that the you definitely want to try the uh, pain salve they have out there. It cuts down on inflammation. The CBD oil does as well. So check our friends at Rogue Apothecary. They will hook you up. And again, any order, use promo code BULLDOGS10 and you'll get 10% off. So hit up our friends out there. And Roddy, speaking with the Bulldogs 10, Georgia mm-hmm. was 10 for 16 on third down conversions. Ooh, that's which is damn. When was the last time that happened? Well, Georgia, and tw- and two times under Kirby Smart, He's had over t- um, 10 third down conversions. He went 12 for 18 in the 2019 Florida game and t- 13 for 18 in the 2017 Missouri game. But 10 for 16 against a team like Michigan, who's supposed to have a pretty good defense, that's pretty impressive. Plus, yeah, plus another one on fourth down. Yeah, and you also, I mean, remember you had uh, Fitzpatrick dropped a third down pass yeah. that could have been one. So that, uh, and then he just got blown up on a couple. There were some. Dumb play calls. I should say dumb. I mean, I don't know, but some questionable play calls. But overall, I go back to what Trent said as we started this thing. I thought Todd Munkin called one hell of a game. He had Al, uh, Michigan, you know, confused as hell, you know, trying to figure out what was going on. I had him looking one way, going the opposite direction. Uh, he The mixture of runs and passes. The only thing that kind of drives me crazy is when they get in the red zone, the first thing they do is pass. And two of those passes were incomplete. Then they didn't. They weren't able to get enough on second and third down, so they lost a couple chances to score touchdowns. They had to settle for two field goals. Um, but at the same time, if you're looking at trends, they expect you to run it on first down, so they load up the box. So it makes sense to throw it. But uh, I thought some of the play calls and the formations. I think if you look at that first drive that led to the touchdown, I'd re- really need to sit down with our film guys. But do y'all remember them running the same uh, formation? more than once in that entire drive or the first two drives. I don't think they used the same formation twice. No, I don't think so. They had a lot of, they had three tight ends out there. Then they had two wide receivers out there. They had two running backs out there. I mean, it was a, he definitely opened the playbook up a lot. They went, they went empty backfield a couple, a couple times, you know, I'm like, yeah. what, what, what's going on here? You know, the two by two stack, you know, and I'm like, have we talked to- about how Kenny McIntosh sold that pass? That was, yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Oh, I mean, that was, I was uh, pretty impressive. Oh, uh, there's there's a great quote on that. Um, While you're looking that up, it's a nine hour drive to Indiana. And by I, the way, I want to ask Dave: Is the has Georgia since Kirby Smart's been the head coach only lost out of conference once? Out of conference? I feel like that oh. Texas game was their only out of conference loss since Kirby's been the head coach. I could be wrong. You're asking Dave the tough questions, but guess what? Dave needs I just will, a few seconds, and he will have it. I will have your your answer. Hey, while you're looking that up, I want to talk about this. Uh, Jamari Sawyer said that they practiced that Kenny McIntosh halfback pass plenty in practice. Uh, said when the play call came in, everyone looked at each other saying, okay, let's make this work. You know, so it's like, okay, here comes the trick play. Remember, that was the second score. So that was uh, it was called a trick play right off the bat. But here's the funny thing. James Cook, you know, said Kenny McIntosh didn't throw a single good pass on his trick play all week. Uh, he no. said he was stunned by the play call, but McIntosh made a great throw, and that was a hell of a throw. It was on the money, and he it was. 
didn't set his feet. He he sold that run to the very last second and then pulled up and threw a great throw. So, so Ben, what was your question? So, Georgia non-conference games losses? Yeah, I think they've only lost once, right, to Texas. No, Texas, and also, unfortunately, the first year to Georgia Tech. So, Oh, oh damn. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Almost lost to Nickel State. No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That first year was a little scary at times. That first year was a little rough. But now you're here, Georgia fans, Orange Bowl champions, 34-11 to 11 over Michigan. Man, nobody expected this. But at the same time, you watch both these teams play, and you could see how this game got to where it was. Uh, a lot of folks in the chat saying, you know, as long as Curry doesn't play in Georgia's, in Georgia or Mercedes-Benz Stadium, he's all right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we've got some folks saying Kenny McIntosh is more accurate than Stetson Bennett. That's a that's a good troll job there. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I think really, as you just kind of overall look at this from an overall standpoint. 34 to 11 against this Michigan team, which, like we said throughout the show, we talked about their defense. Everybody talked about their defense. And lo and behold, Georgia puts up 34, could have put up a lot more. They play calling got a little conservative there in the uh, third quarter. One thing that did, if you're overreacting a little bit, three turnovers in a row, zero points. But other than that, guys, pretty damn spot on game, you know? I like how when you said that Georgia um, manhandled their defense, but I remember an article that Roddy wrote earlier in the week about um, Michigan's offensive line, and Georgia handled that pretty darn well. Was it did, did a Joe, what Joe Moore um, award winners? Is that what you, yeah. you wrote, Roddy? Yeah, you had the Joe Moore award winning guys, and uh, this was supposed to be. I, did, I pointed out that this was not a group of elite offensive linemen. And I don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but it's not like you had Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Wilson on that line. You don't have a bunch of guys on that uh, group that are going to be uh, first-round draft picks, but they play really well together. The one thing they have trouble with are stunts and twists, even though, you know, you, you kind of know what you're, the guy next to you is doing. And Georgia threw some stuff at them and got pressure with four-man rushes and some five-man rushes and some blitzes. They were making uh, – McNamara run all over the place. They got to JJ and made him uh, blew him up out of the pocket. And I'm thinking, you know, that would be a fun thing to see against Bryce Young, you know. And but you notice when the Michigan quarterbacks ran out of the pocket, the first thing they start doing is looking sideways. Bryce keeps looking downfield. He's got great eye discipline. He keeps his eyes downfield and then winds up, you know, seeing the open, seeing the guy get open and throw it. But I thought that Georgia did a fantastic job against that. Uh, it was strength versus strength. And Georgia's front seven was by far stingier and nastier than the dominant running team. There, uh, Michigan, Michigan center changed his last name to Walker. So, <laughs> I think he was the best player on the field today, honestly, Trayvon Walker. That was one of his best games he's ever had as Georgia Bulldog. That, that play where they ran where he pulled and Trayvon Walker blew that uh, pulling center up and uh, – and then yeah. made the made the tackle for loss. He made it. I mean, also thought Jalen Carter. Remember, there's one play where he is hit by three different offensive linemen, and he he doesn't get the sack, but he still gets to the quarterback. And you're like, that's that's nasty. But how about Jordan Davis running down the running back again? <laughs> yeah. oh, 
Maybe because no, my brother's a Michigan fan, but he claims that Jordan Davis is 27 years old, and I keep saying that's full of shit. Because some, if you look up Jordan Davis online, first thing oh, there's some man. article about him being 27. I said that's full of crap. Because of Jordan, old news. Jordan Davis here, he is a tight end. Hey. Yeah, there's no way a 27 year old's in college. Like I see people he's, online. He's, he's he's college. I think he's 27 years old right now. I was, I was close to 27 in college. This is true. The Jordan Davis that everybody's talking about was a tight end for Georgia. He's probably 27 now. Yeah, out of Thomason. He's a great kid. Yeah. Yeah. But he, yeah, he, I think right now he is about 27 years old. So they look him up and they go, wait, wait, wait. Georgia player, you know, born 27 years ago. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, not, not the same guy because he, he, he needs about 100 pounds more to, uh, be, to be big Jordan Davis. But, I thought that Kobe Dean played lights out. It was fun yeah. to see uh, Quay Walker. Quay Walker got burned on a, a long pass. You know, you, you know, Quay was tired though. Quay was tired right before that. Georgia's, and I said this earlier, and some people gave me grief about it, but Georgia's linebackers are not great in coverage. You know, they, they've knocked down some passes, and uh, the Kobe Dean has been good in it. But Chan, you don't want Channing Tindall covering somebody. You don't want Quay Walker covering somebody, especially on a route like that. Uh, but those guys, they also brought some pressure and. Uh, Channing Tindall played on the edge a lot tonight. Yeah, but remember they did that against Tennessee, and they were they used they put all three guys on the field at the same time, and they used one of them. They switched them out because sometimes it was Clay Walker up there, sometimes it was Channing Tindall, and then they got away from that because they were playing some really bad teams. I'm like, go back to that. That works great. And one one guy we we haven't talked about at all pretty much tonight, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith showed up in a He's big healthy. big way. Yeah. He's healthy. He had eight tackles, five solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass breakup, one quarterback hurry, and one forced fumble all over the stat sheet. Uh, but, yeah, Nolan Smith looked like the Nolan that we thought he would be uh, and continue to be. Looked really good. Robert uh, Beal was better, too. Robert and also, Beal had I will a sack. say, from the Bama game, from what I saw, was the right, the right guard got hurt, I believe, like in the early second quarter. And also, I think yeah. the right tackle had to be helped off in the fourth quarter. And obviously their center, he had a decent game versus Georgia last time, uh, especially in terms of pass blocking. But still, he's an experienced center who's in there. So that's something to watch for Georgia outside Evan Neal. Georgia's got to dominate the trenches now because Bama's not healthy up front. you got to be able to dominate them with your defensive line. Well, I, I just – hurt at the end too. I just keep going back to Lewis Seen's interview where he said, we changed up the whole defense to play against Alabama. I think that you go into it <laughs> – with this defense, don't change up the defense, and I think you're you're in a much much better position uh, if you just go in there. Don't overthink it. I think there was a lot of overthinking against Alabama the first time around. Let's try to be smarter than them. Overthinking uh, and under executing. Right, and let's try to be smarter than them. Let's do this. Let's do that. Stick to what you know, and you see what happens. The result: you beat Michigan, and you know, in the in the Orange Bowl, thirty-four to eleven. So. That's my thought. What else you got, Roddy? I'm trying to go through it. Uh, looking at uh, Josh Brooks holding a couple, you know, the AD holding a couple oranges there, wearing a, a Noah Smith's hat. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, I think about this after Georgia lost Alabama. A lot of people thought, you know, hey, these guys have been exposed. They, 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 you know, they're they're overrated. Uh, Alabama's going to get them. 
and a lot of Georgia fans were just like, we should, we don't even need to play these next two games. You know, Alabama has a number. We're not going to beat them. We can't do it. Can't do it with Stetson. You can't do it with whatever, whatever the the the, the uh, complaint du jour was. And I'm thinking, no, this is a team that's going to bounce back. And again, I, I didn't know what was going to happen in this game. Uh, no idea. I didn't know where they would be mentally. But we heard all week that this that Georgia had a one of its best weeks of practice. We told the story about uh, some offensive line. I mean, it's going to be defensive linemen during drills after that loss to Alabama. Uh, there's some of the younger guys have their hands on their knees because they're tired because they're running so hard. And the older defensive linemen come up to them and just chew those new guys out saying, no, get your hands off your knees. We're not doing this. You're not, there's, there's no downtime. And they wanted redemption. They came in and they got it. And now um, a lot, the reason a lot of Georgia fans were upset that they, they just felt like this is never going to happen for us. We just can't get past these guys. Kirby, Kirby's not playing the right quarterback. Kirby's not doing this, not doing that. They, the defense failed, and there was just a sense of fatalism that came into it. The team never got it, but the fans did. And I think part of that fatalism comes from the fact that you feel like if Georgia doesn't do it this year with this generational defense, they'll never get it done. I want to point out that Kirby Smart has two college football playoff wins, and he's playing for a national title for the second time in five years. And I'm just going to tell you, even if Georgia loses this game against Alabama coming up, and say, and you'll feel like, well, we can never get past them. And Alabama's going to reload. They've already they got a, a recruiting class that's a, a tick better than yours. They're going to clean up in the portal. They're going to always have great coaches. But Kirby's got you neck and neck with those guys. You know, you may play them five times and only win once, but if that one time is in the national title game, then you've got a title. And Kirby's going to set up. He's going to lose a coach or two after the season's over, in my opinion. I don't know which ones. I'm just saying it's – we yeah. see we see this happen. You're going to see guys hit the portal. It, it happens. You're going to see guys declare early that you wish would come back. It happens every year. But Kirby's going to get new names, new coaches, new transfers. You know, think about it. You lost uh, five – seven defensive backs, right? You lost five to the NFL, two to transfer. He brought in Darian Kendrick. Who had two interceptions today? Darian Kendry. You know, he yeah. brought in Tyke Smith, who's just – poor kid's been beat, beat all to hell. But, uh, you know, Tyke Smith will be here next year. So I'm just saying, even aside from the victory today, the statement win that says, look, we bounced back from that Alabama game, you're still – you're putting a huge stamp on this program, a huge check mark, saying, look, we're here to stay. It's not a fluke that we got here. You know, you played for the – the championship game you played for, you played for the title then you played in the sec championship game and you lost then you didn't play in the sec championship game and it looked like you were on a downward trend now you're back to the title game again kirby's going to have you there in this thing uh, just about every year uh i'll throw this out to you guys what do you think george's record is through 12 games next year who uh they should be able to win every game regular season they should go 12 and Honestly, all year Honestly, Roddy, your two toughest games would probably be – I'm not buying Florida yet. No. I think maybe Oregon and at Mississippi State, is that might be your toughest game. I, think, I, I just think because it's on the road and Mike Leach is – you know, crazy. You know, yeah. you, with a game like that, you always would probably worry a bit because he's one of those coaches. Him and Lane Kiffin always keep you on edge. But really the schedule isn't that hard next year. Uh, who, else, who else do they play in the West? I have it up here. It's if it's, it's Auburn Mississippi, and Mississippi State. It's Auburn, right? Yeah, it's Auburn and Mississippi State. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you should win those. 
you should be hey Auburn's got a brand new head coach that you know pretty well and Bo Nick's a quarterback <laughs> Oregon yeah yeah so you, well. should, you should win the opener you should you should definitely beat Florida new coach transfer yeah. portal is going to hit them pretty hard uh so I'm not buying South Carolina Shane Beamer I think you can beat them even with Spencer Rattler you're going to beat Tennessee yeah you know uh you're going to beat Missouri you're going to beat everybody else so hell you should go 12 and 0 again yeah, so Alabama the SEC title game again. And look what happened yeah. to LSU. I mean, LSU won it, and then I don't think no, Florida won. Won. Florida was in the SEC that title game last year. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you see that. I don't see. I don't think you see that same trajectory from from Georgia. Oh, uh, if you year, check, but... if you check Twitter right now and type in Aiden Hutchinson, it's all just Jamari Sawyer. It's even yeah, from know. the Army All American game. They even have a highlight of like Sawyer stoning him. And then Hutchinson was trying to fight him after the play, and Sawyer's still just beating the crap out of him. I mean, well, we it's just, way to share that. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, that's that a, where it's like, wow, he's, he's just getting stoned. Also, one interesting thing was I saw the two people on the commentary for the halftime in the pregame was uh, Pollock and Howard. I wonder how that would have been, uh, how that feels for Pollock having to sit next to a Michigan guy during the game. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, – you know, I, I see what next year is going to be, but I think, you know, kind of reel it back in in terms of this year. There's, there's still a lot that Georgia has left. You have you have yeah, you, yeah. you have your you have your big brother. You have your big brother and you have a chance to redeem yourself against them uh, in, in Alabama. You know, no, I, I, I expect them to. I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not going on post game high. I'm just thinking that if that lost Alabama three weeks ago, exposed Georgia and showed that they did not have it, you know, that uh, they feasted on a bunch of weak teams. Tonight's game showed that, no, you still have a N'Kobe Dean who can run guys down. You still have a Jordan Davis who can do what he does. You still have Nolan Smith. You still have Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, you know, uh, Trayvon Walker, uh, guys who are just are going to absolutely let him up. Lewis Seen and, and two good pass breakups that he was at in, in coverage. Uh, Chris, a healthy Chris Smith in 10 days, you know, yeah. that's big. Let's see what it does there. Well, Hey, who, who predicted William pool was going to start? <laughs> no, nobody had that. Okay. Yeah. And again, after, after he got torched for 175 yards against Alabama, you think there's no way they're going to play William pool. William pool had a hell of a game. He did a great job, but again, he had three weeks to practice being a star, which is not something he'd done a whole lot. You know, this is a guy that's been around a while. Uh, he's he's a, he's good in uh, uh, run support, you know. So uh, that was the guy who could actually get some work done. So let's talk about how that when they face Alabama again, maybe you don't kill yourself with the over scheming. Do do what got you here, you know. And you're also going to face an Alabama team without a Mechie. So you can bracket Jamison Williams, maybe take him out of it. But now you got to deal with a uh, Brian Robinson. But again, and he's a monster. That, that is a problem. They will be a lot more balanced. Yes. But that balance favors Georgia because even when you're going to say, okay, we got to take away the run, uh, we're going to have to drop into coverage. I think that you, you, you can, Cincinnati showed you how to play them. Don't let them get behind you. I don't say play soft coverage because that almost sounds like you're uh, not going after them. Just don't let them get behind you for the big plays. Keep everything in front of you, like uh, Clemson did to Georgia, and try to stop it with your try to stop the run game with your five six guys up front. 
And I think that that would work. It's, a, it's polar opposite to what you did last time, you know, when you double covered both guys and they still torched you. So I'm thinking that this is how you beat Alabama. Don't turn the ball over, Stetson. Be a little more accurate and stick with the run. Bryce Young can't score if he's not on the field. You know? Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. I, I think uh, a lot of folks. I think, run, and I think you run on uh, Alabama. How many did the running backs average like five yards per carry? And I think I've said this back to back years. The the one thing I'll say about Todd Monk and he's been great, but versus Alabama, he's left and going away from the run too early. And they lost especially, in especially the run zone. They were up and they were running the ball for like seven yards of carry. Kendall Milton was dominating him. I remember last year in Tuscaloosa. And I'm like. Why are you throwing the football? You're running on them. I've always been the philosophy. If you were consistently running the football on a team, don't stop. Don't stop. But now here's the thing, though, Ben. If the other team decides to drop eight in the box, what do you do there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then if they force your hand, but Alabama wasn't forcing your hand, though. That's the difference. They right. If they do put eight in the box, yeah, because you have easier opportunities. But they weren't. That's You're right. You're right. I'm just saying – I've heard, the only reason I bring that up is because I hear people say that all the time. Oh, we ran it in the first half. Why did we stop running in the second half? Well, they adjusted. They brought their safeties up. But if they're going to bring the safeties up to stop you, you got George Pickens on the outside. You got Jermaine Burton on the outside. You got James Cook. Remember, you roll him out there, and it's like, okay, what do you what who you put on James Cook? Darnell Washington. You know, if you're going to throw it to somebody, don't throw it to AD Mitchell a uh, five yard pass when it's third and seven. They did that a couple of times this game, too. But I want to talk about, uh, you know, everybody's saying, how does Georgia beat Alabama? Do they go aggressive or conservative? I, I think you hit Bryce Young. You play man-to-man. You you shadow uh, Williams. James man under stuff. Yeah, yeah you, you shadow him as much as you can. You put Ringo up against him or Kendrick, whoever you want. I think both of them could do. I think Ringo, Ringo played lights out tonight. I know Kendrick had two picks, but Ringo had his side of the field locked down uh, for most of the night. And you zone in on Brian Robinson. You play like you did tonight. You you get a performance out of Nolan Smith like you did tonight, not like you got in the SEC championship game. You get Shannon Tindall on the outside like you did tonight. You get Quay Walker to play like he did, Nakobe Dean to play like he did. And next thing you know, you're looking at a completely different type of Georgia defense than what you saw against Alabama in the SEC championship game. And also, you have a healthy Chris Smith, uh, which I think helps you out a lot more in that secondary uh, than you really think about. Chris Smith has been a solid player for the Dogs in that secondary, uh, but that's how you that's how you beat Alabama. You go aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you notice that's the way they called the offense today. That's the yeah. way they called the defense. It's yeah. that kind of uh, you know winner winner uh, go home mentality. You know. Yeah. You, and what did Kirby Smart say bef- when he was interviewed before the game? And yeah, I hate these post game interviews, but he said, "Look, I want the guys to go out and play, uh, have fun. I want them to go out and." Uh, just throw, I don't say throw caution to the wind, but he's like, go out and get, you know, be the team that you can be. Have, let's have fun with this. Let's be aggressive. Don't play not to lose, play to win. Now, the problem is when you get a little over aggressive like that and you try to jump a route, you can uh, complete a pass to somebody. He just takes it down, the, uh, runs it down the field, and all of a sudden you've given up an 80 yard touchdown because you got a little overly aggressive. But I think from your play calling and your scheme, you know, trust your guys to um, 
do what got them here. Don't try to do new stuff just because it's a different team. I don't think this Al- this is a good Alabama team. Well, it's a great team. It's one of the last two teams standing. But this isn't a unbeatable Alabama team like we've yes. seen. Before. Yes, there, there yes. There have been some Alabama teams in the past. Nobody's going to beat them. No, I've, I've, I've seen about five or six Alabama games in person every year for the last 10, 12, 15 years, and you're exactly right. This is probably – Somewhere in the middle of all those teams, right. they're not. The, it's not near to the best. It's not near. It's not the worst. It's somewhere in the middle. Wise, it might be the best. Like their passing game is good, but it's not great. Their running game is good. It's not. Well, I would say it's it's close to great, but it's not elite. It's yeah. not like um, the top notch and scoring at will. Like I'm you can take ball. that away with your defensive front. Correct. But yeah, th- um, I've seen Alabama forever, and it's this is. This is a beatable Alabama team. And execute in the red zone. I said it about the last game. Literally, Stetson Bennett had the yards and got the – like, Georgia was moving the ball in the last game. Like, people think Georgia just got totally dominated. on. No, Georgia was moving the ball. There was back-to-back red zone drives where Georgia got in the red zone, got no yards, got no points, had a pick in one of the two. Back-to-back drives. They score in those. It's a tie game in the fourth quarter if they score in those. So, that's – the red zone is very key. Uh, being able to score in there, which I thought that they improved a lot tonight in the red zone. They were every time they get the red zone, they throw the ball first. Just, wasn't there wasn't there a drive tonight where Georgia yeah. got into the red zone? And they had to kick a field goal though, and they just kind of stalled out. Yeah, yeah but that that's an improvement over last game because they hit back to back <laughs> yeah. they hit zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, they, there was only two three and outs for Georgia all game. Only two three and outs. One in the third quarter, one in the fourth quarter. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's an improvement. Zero and, points off turnovers, 11 drives. So nine drives you had that were not three and outs. So you, you kept the ball on your side most of the, most of the game. I want to bring up something else, a little completely unrelated. What I wanted to see, especially when you're up, you know, 31 points, why did Kirby Smart lead the first team offense? Why did yeah. he? Yeah, why not bring it to me? You risked injury to a lot of guys that you're going to need in ten days. Take out yeah. Jamar your Take out uh, hell. Put in JT Daniels. Let him get used to, um, uh, to the reason. The reason this popped in my head was you never know what sort of injuries can pop up. George uh, Alabama's going to play without Mitchie. That's a big deal, okay? Because you had two guys that are just gashing you. Now you only have one. Granted, they have other good wide receivers, but Mitchie and Jamison Williams are the two. It was the one-two punch. If one was double covered, the other guy was getting wide open. They just killed you. It should be a little bit easier for Georgia to go against Alabama without Mitchie. What happens if you actually pressure? You know, I'm looking at some of the comments. Everyone's like, pressure, 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 Bryce Young. Well, sometimes you can pressure a guy. You can hit him, and you can hurt him. What yeah. happens if Bryce Young comes out of that game? But also, what happens if Stetson Bennett gets hurt? What happens if you lose a Jamari Sawyer? What happens? And that made me think. I'm like, wait a minute, Georgia in the fourth quarter, last few drives, when you're up by three or four scores, you still got your first string offense in there. Bring in the second team. A hell as a reward, but B don't risk hurting Stetson Bennett or uh, Jermaine Burton or Brock Bowers or Jamari Sawyer. You know, and you, it's too easy to see when those guys get rolled up on because what are you doing? You're running the ball, right? So all of a sudden, but you know, one of the defensive linemen or running back rolls up on one of your starters, and you still had him in out there when you were up thirty-four to three. 
Yeah. That's stupid. So that, yeah. that kind of ticked me off. And I'm, or I say ticked me off. I, just, I did not understand why you wouldn't put him in there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, at the same token, though, if you're like you said, if you're just going to hand the ball off, I mean, put put whoever in there, you know. Yeah. You you brought four quarterbacks with you. Put one of the three, and it doesn't matter if you don't want the whole oh JT gets in the game thing. Put Bryce in there. Put Beck in there. You've got other guys that can hand the ball off. And like yeah, you absolutely. said, you you brought you brought a ton of offensive linemen. They all can play SEC football. Take those guys out. Yeah. It. it well, and, and here's the thing. I, you're going to have some offensive linemen transfer, okay, because there's, there's kind of a log jam there. It's going to happen. But you know what helps keep those guys? Play them feel like they're part of the championship team. Let them yeah. – let their family see them out there, you know? Yeah, it didn't It didn't make a – I didn't think about it at the time. I was more just no, concerned. No, no shock the there. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> – you asshole. I didn't think about it much at the time, but – now that you're bringing it up, yeah, that, that is a pretty good point. And but they did it on the defensive side of the ball. They did yeah. bring the starters out on the defensive side of the ball, and then you saw what happened. David Daniel got beat terribly. David Daniel got beat. Chaz Chambliss gets a targeting call, but again, that's yeah. so what, you know? But at least that's not a targeting call to one of your starters. Yeah, you know, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think they got very lucky. Uh and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And Kirby Smart got pretty lucky with leaving his first team offensive in the offensive line in there, especially uh, Stetson. I wasn't too worried about his handing the ball off. He's not going to get hurt. Uh, but the offensive line, yeah. Wasn't weren't there rumors running around that uh, JT was getting all these snaps with the number one team and that? Uh, yeah, there's some reporters out there saying that that they uh, thought JT was going to play. And didn't we? I told you that wasn't going to happen. Unless, unless things went completely off the rails. I don't understand. Like there are times where second string guys get a few first team reps in practice. Yeah, that well, happens. Right. Like I don't understand what was the big deal about that. Like that happens. Like whether it happened or not. Like that, that's that's like common. Like I don't understand what was the big deal about that. But one thing that I was going to bring up was hold on. oh shit. Hold on. You all right there? You all right there, Ben? Hold on, something's going on with my Wi Fi. All right, we'll bring it up later then, Ben. Uh, <laughs> Roddy, Roddy's light went out. Your Wi-Fi went out. Me and Dave are the only ones hanging out. Dude, we're gonna, we're we're I'm gonna, I'm gonna head, guys. But um, this episode's haunted. Yeah, Dave, go get to work. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got, a, I got to finish I got up it for Dave. Find the numbers piece, and then I got a early flight in the morning. But thank you guys. Happy New Year, and um, and I'll Happy catch Year, you Dave. up on on the next week. See you, man. I was gonna say because I saw two stats. One was Stetson. Throwing 20-plus yards downfield in the first half was three for three for 145 yards and two touchdowns. That's impressive. What, what? Oh, slow, slow down. Give me that again. On throws 20-plus yards downfield in the first half, Stetson was three for three, 145 yards and two touchdowns. But he has a weak arm. I, I don't understand where, where that came from. The only knock on Stetson has been his decision-making at times. He's He's been – trying to be Brett Favre too much. Um, yeah, Herb Street, Herb Street said that in the uh, game tonight, the one throw that we talked about that just that's threw just it into nowhereville. And, yeah. and Herb, Street, Herb Street went in on him. Herb Street said, look, if, that's his, if this is your knock on Stetson Bennett, this is why people knock on him is he doesn't know when to throw the ball out of bounds and he tries to be a hero too many times. And then he threw the ball out of bounds, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the game and that didn't matter as much anymore. Chad Etheridge says uh, Cincinnati ran a three-man front against Alabama and got tore up from the floor up. 
Stupid. <laughs> Alabama ran the ball down their throat, and Cincinnati was exhausted in the third and fourth quarter on defense. Yeah, Chad, and in all honestly, Chad, in all honesty, Chad, I thought Cincinnati had a chance to win that game. Alabama gave them chances to win that game. They they just shot themselves in the foot too many times. Like like you said, like, like everybody does when they play Alabama. Yeah, on a fumble. But, well, yeah, I think Brent talked about. It. I think it was like the win percentage chances for Alabama was at seventy yes. percent. It would have dropped to fifty if they would. Yes. If Georgia would have fallen on the fumble, like that. Um, on the fumble, if, Nolan, if no one drops on that fumble, you're exactly right. You know, I, I think that uh, Cincinnati legitimately had a chance to beat Alabama. Alabama gave them plenty of chances throughout that game. Bryce Young threw that pick. I mean, they they looked is beatable a word, Roddy? I don't know. Beatable. Yes. Yes, thank you. Beatable's um, word, uh, physicality is not. Ah, so but they did. Alabama did look beatable uh, yes. tonight. So able to oh, be beaten. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing, Paul. I just saw another thing in top four matchups all time. I think Michigan is worst all time in top four head-to-head matchups. Georgia's second worst. So really, that's another, yeah. That, that that was an interesting stat I just saw up there too. I'm shocked Dave didn't bring that up. But win percentage since 1930 when the AP poll came out, Michigan has the worst winning percent winning percentage. Georgia's second worst. In those matchups. Damn. Can okay. Uh, we'll finish this off, guys. We got about 10 minutes left. Can Stetson Bennett, the walk-on, be the first walk-on ever at quarterback? I think. I, I would ask Dave this. Uh, can he take the Georgia Bulldogs and make them? Or, the next time we talk on this show will be January 10th. Can he make Georgia the national champions? 100%. All he has to do is take care of the football. I don't think as long as he doesn't push, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I think they win, hundred percent. I will say no, but not for the reason you're asking it. To me, my thing. People accuse me of defending Stetson and stuff like that. I'm like, look, I don't defend him. I don't care. He's he's a great kid, but I like JT Daniels as well. We're gonna write about whoever wins it. I just want the same. Uh, like someone said to me. Hey, Stetson's seven and zero. I mean, uh, Daniels is seven zero. We need to play our guy who's undefeated. I'm like seven zero against some shitty teams. Okay, <laughs> you beat South Carolina. Whoop de do. Uh, uh, Stetson's won twelve games. Like, oh well, anybody could have won those. Well, hell, anybody could have won the seven that uh, JT Daniels won. You know, don't. Uh, uh, and or they. Uh, this was the other one. JT Daniels has won you know seven games, and uh, Stetson. Stetson didn't win those games. The defense won them. True. Uh, Georgia won them in spite of Stetson. False, because somebody has to throw those touchdowns. Again, Dave pointed out, he for a single season, he has the what, third or I think the he's fourth. fourth. He's fourth, fourth now. He was tied for fourth. Now he is number four in Georgia history for the most touchdowns thrown in a season by a quarterback. So, in other words, he's one of your top four quarterbacks ever for a single season. That, that's not too shabby. The point being, yes, there wasn't a game that he went out and won for you. So be it. But uh, I just want the quarterbacks to be given the same criteria. They talk about, well, Stetson's terrible on third down. Well, yeah, but he's also great on first and second. You know, yes. this, or this, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards. Well, when you're up by five scores or four scores and you, they just run the ball in the second half, they take him out. 
that's why he doesn't throw for 300 yards. And lots of times when it's an RPO and he decides to run the ball, you know, let the quarter, the running back run instead of him throwing it, that means he, he usually got them into the right play. So he's, he's a selfless kid. Point being, JT Daniels is a fantastic story. Let him out there. Let him throw it. Win it that way. I don't care. I just – but to your question about can he be the first to ever do it, I don't want him to have to be the guy. The losses that he has suffered when Georgia has lost to Alabama last year, Florida last year, Alabama this year, the defense played very poorly. He played poorly. It was a team loss. If he wins against Alabama in the coming week or in 10 days, it will be a team win. The defense will have to have stepped up. So there's no way he personally can do it on his own. Uh, Those were three team losses. This needs to be a team win. Tonight was a team win. The defense was lights out. Stetson was lights out. That's what's needed. So I'm, I wouldn't give him credit because I won't give him blame. Ah, I like it. I like you it. You know what and, I want to see, Paul, next week? Yeah. The one thing I've been dying to see. Well, there's there's a second thing, but I'll forget about that. Is I want to see a fat man interception by Georgia. I want to see Jordan <laughs> Davis or Wyatt or one of them. Like I've seen all these teams, college and pro, get like big. I've never seen like a Georgia fat man interception since Kirby's been here. Maybe there's one that I just can't remember, but I, I think that'd be pretty cool to see Jordan Davis if he wins a title, gets a pick. No, no, you know, it won't be Jordan Davis. It's it's going to be Jalen Carter. And here's how I see yeah. it happening: he gets the ball. Nolan Smith gets the rush on Bryce Young. Bryce tries to throw it over him or tries to throw it past him. Nolan Smith bats it up in the air, and Jalen Carter, former tight end, soft hands, snags that ball, gets two, three yards. But that, that's your that's your fat man INT. I'm calling it now. Nolan okay. Jalen Carter INT. If you if you call that, uh, can you give me the winning numbers for the lottery today? Oh my god, it was so freaky tonight. Coach Donna called like he called a sack, he called interception, he called like three touchdowns. 15, 16 plays. I swear it felt like he was in from back to the future. He'd already seen this game happen. It, it was mind boggling. I nailed one. A, uh, I throw to McConkey. I'm like, they're going to McConkey here. And uh, I was so proud of it. He did like 50 of those. It was, it was for a while there. I mean, dude, it started to get creepy. He's throwing a cook here, you know, uh, deep. And sure enough, long. 53 yard throw to cook. I'm like, what the hell? Did you... Who knew you were going to do that? So <laughs> next week, if you get the opportunity, because I thought this was kind of Michigan won the toss and they deferred. If you're Georgia and the way you came out against Alabama, uh, excuse me, against Michigan on that first drive, it set the tone for the entire game. If George, if, if, you are sending Ben out, Roddy, to be your spokesman at midfield, which would be God. It would be terrible. Oh God, it would be the worst. But if you're sending Ben out there to be your you team mean, captain, you mean the under intern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're sending Ben, if you're sending myself and Ben out there to represent UGA Sports or UGA next week, are you deferring or you take? Are you uh, taking that kickoff? Because I think that I think that first series could be huge like it was tonight it was a huge swing momentum swing for georgia they they get they put their foot on the uh, gas early and didn't take it off no i mean i see your point but uh, kirby's going to defer and the, the reason being lead with your strength lead with sure. your defense put them out sure. there try to try to get a stop 
you know, if they score on you, that's gonna that's tough, you know, and it puts pressure on your offense. But it's worse if your offense goes out and you know, uh, three and out. Coaches, coaches look at this: my drive versus your drive, my drive versus your. How did my first three drives go to your three drives? We think about you know yards passing, yards rushing, and stuff like that. They think in levels of uh, did we flip the field? So Georgia would kick off, try to stop them, hope for a bad punt, and pick up, you know, maybe they get the ball on the 35, which basically is a first down because you normally start on the 25. So if you can stop them, force them to punt it, then you your first possession is on the 35, hopefully a 38 or, you know, uh, 30, something like that, where you start out a little bit more ahead. So go out there with your defense and say, look uh, – we're going to get after you. You know, in other words, you could have that same statement drive. Sure. By stopping theirs. Yeah. I was just curious because Georgia, like I said, seven plays, 80 yards. And it was. It set the tone. Yeah, absolutely. The first play set the tone. Yeah. You know, Zamir White runs it, almost gets a first down. And then um, the, the, the easy touchdown to Brock Bowers with nobody covered him. And coach pointed out, it's like, look, they've got nothing on the sides. And their perimeter game was terrible. So Georgia just kept going to the perimeter, you know. And then when they got uh, – when they, they you had this guy start fading to the outside, they punched him up the middle and uh, killed him that way. So here's, I think he did uh, the same thing to Alabama. I really do. Here's one last stat for you guys. Big plays for Georgia. This means uh, plays of 15 yards or more in the air or 10 yards on the ground. Four plays on the ground for Georgia, accumulated 82 rushing yards. Seven plays, big plays – uh, for 236 yards for Georgia, whereas for Michigan in terms of big plays, well, they only had five on five. passing for 166 and then four for rushing for 59. So big plays played a big part in this win for the Dogs in a big victory, 34-11. Guys, final thoughts here before we wrap it up. Ben, I'll start with you. We'll go around the horn. Well, I just think all around Georgia, I, I just think they dominated offense, defense, special teams, I guess you can even say. And I think going forward for Georgia's keys, uh, I said it from the beginning, I'm going to stick to it. Georgia's defensive line playing better and Stetson Bennett taking care of the football. And I think Georgia will be national champions on January 10th. They just do those two things. Roddy, what say you? Uh, 2017, you're flying high. You went to Auburn, got your teeth kicked in. You saw them in the national or in the SEC championship game. Uh, was it Jared Stedham drove down the field, seven nothing right off the bat. Felt like, oh crap, here we go again. And then Georgia just kicked it in the high gear and destroyed Auburn. I would not be surprised if the same thing happens with Alabama, where Georgia lost to them. You come out, you start that game, Alabama scores, and you're like, oh my goodness, this is here we go again. And then Georgia just flips the switch. I, in other words, I think it'll be damn tough to beat. Georgia twice in the same season. It can happen. It can absolutely happen. I'm not trying to say that Georgia is, you know, guaranteed to win it, but I think having gone head to head, this Georgia team knows what, when you've played against a guy, you know, my, my son does it all the time. You know, he, he's a wrestler. And when you've wrestled a kid, you've been, you know, gone head to head with him for nine minutes and just the most exhausting thing ever. You know his moves. You know what he's good at. You know what he used to beat you. Okay, don't let him get you in an arm bar. He's going to crossface you all the time. You know, you, you know to do that. Uh, you tried to do a sit-out, you know, and the sit-out didn't work. 
because the, the guys uh, got you. You're familiar with your opponent, and you know what you could have done. So the scouting this time will be a lot better. The execution you hope will be better, but I, I don't think you're going to overthink this one. You're going to try some stuff that should work. Now, here's the thing. Alabama's got your measurements too. They know what they did. They're going to try to improve upon that ass kicking, but they're going to be doing it with one less guy. But they get uh, Robinson back healthy, so they got one more guy. So it's going to be a little bit different, but I definitely think it's going to be a lot harder to – I don't think that you'll have the same result twice. There's no way Alabama's going to go out there and destroy Georgia like they did last time. And all it takes is one fumble recovery, one special teams play, one bad penalty. Hey, maybe they're offsides this time, and you get a different outcome. Like Roddy said, I think the biggest thing for me, January 10th, don't overthink it. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Do what works. It was a different game plan against Alabama in the SEC championship game, and you saw it. And the players said it. Uh, there was a lot of distractions, I feel like, during that SEC championship game that weekend. You know, the Dan Lanning you know, news and everything like that. There's a lot of distractions, I feel like. There aren't those distractions now. Stay focused. You have one game left. And I really believe that this team – you know, we've said it from the beginning of the year. We, we ran a promo for UJSports.com, $20.21, because we said, hey, guys, we think this is the year you want to join UGA Sports because we, we think the national championship is going to happen. Vegas has Georgia favored two and a half. Does that happen? Who knows? Uh, but at the same time, I think the biggest thing for the game against Alabama, the rematch, is to not overthink it. Do the same game plan that you did against Michigan. Change things up a little bit, obviously, because Alabama, like Roddy said, is going to have your tape, but you're going to have Alabama's tape. You're going to get to see what worked, what Cincinnati was able to do to limit Jamison Williams a little bit. Uh, no, dude, they, they put the game plan out there. I don't mean to interrupt oh, yeah. you, but yeah, they if, Alabama showed the, the roadmap how to beat Georgia, but Cincinnati showed the roadmap on how to beat Alabama. Yes, they did. And if you're able to get your secondary in the same type of positioning that Cincinnati was and you lock down Jamison Williams, your front seven is much, much better than than Cincinnati's. And you'll be able to I don't think I don't think Brian Robinson is going to rush for 100 yards against Georgia's defense. that Nobody has really this year. Uh, you stop the passing attack. You get the Nolan Smith that played today against Michigan to play against Alabama next week, and I think it's a different result. So, guys, been a great show, two hours long. We spent New Year's with you guys. We are now into 2022. Ben, you look older already, man. You look a year older uh, just from the show, man. But I lost. Oh, so no, no more fake IDs for me, Paul. No oh, more. Oh, watch no, out. No more. I mean, that has been the case for a while now, but <laughs> me for you. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, yeah, I see you got a little stubble growing in. But, guys, we want to say thank you so <laughs> much for, for uh, you guys watching. Barry Anderson watching, uh, Elo Joe, all you guys. We appreciate you watching so much. If you could, before you head out, hit that like button on this video. It helps in the algorithm so other Georgia fans can get a chance to watch this broadcast as well. We'll have it up on our podcast also and over on UJSports.com. Roddy, signing off for the gang, and Ben, I'm Paul Meharry. Thanks again so much, guys, for watching, and we will see you next time.